want the world. Yeah, I want the world. Yeah, I want it all. Said I want the world. Yeah, I want the world. I'm coming to get it. Don't care what you heard. Don't care what you heard. I'm taking it all. All right, welcome, welcome to a special edition, a live edition of the Taz Show as we react to Survivor Series that just happened. We're coming to you live from the Quicken Loan Studios, National Mortgage Lender, Quicken Loans. Apply simply, understand fully, and mortgage confidently. So if you want to call the show, it's a very simple process. Attention hotline fans. All you got to do is dial an 855. That's a 212-4227. All right, so uh, not a good night. If uh, you were a fan of SmackDown or on the SmackDown production crew or on the SmackDown roster, because you got swept. <laughs> you got swept six to zip. Yep. And a lot of people on the old social media are not happy. Uh, yeah. So, uh, but anyway, I got to tell you, um, I, was, uh, I was a little taken aback, to be frank, because I didn't expect that to happen, where throughout the night you're watching Raw win again. Raw win again. Raw wins again. Raw wins again. Now I'm like, all right, I see what's happening here. I told our board operator, Pete the Body, who's here, and Ryan, run, uh, Ryan, who's producing the show. I said to Pete, I said, ah, well, this is what's going to happen. Daniel Bryan's going to win, and that's going to be one for SmackDown, the big one. He's going to beat Brock Lesnar. No, that didn't happen. So <laughs> that didn't happen. Yeah, so swept Jones, as we call it. Yeah, man. Um, there's a lot to sink our teeth into here, and, and we got a couple of guests coming up uh, uh, later on in about an hour or so. Uh, we got Mike Johnson from PW Insider. You guys know Mike. He'll be on here, one of the uh, more esteemed, credible uh, men who cover the industry for many, many decades. And Brian Monzo, a WFAM producer of Mike Francesca's show, also a, um, a true aficionado on pro wrestling. So we're going to get Monzo's uh, thoughts and opinions. Mon's been on the, on the show here before, as you guys know. He's been on a special. So, you know, look, I got to be honest. I, I, I got to tell you straight up, right? I liked, I enjoyed, um, I enjoyed the uh, the action, meaning the physicality, the the uh, most of the matches, the way it was segmented, I, I, I mean, meaning, meaning booked, the way it was laid out. <clears throat> And I know a lot of people I saw on social media or like at my Twitter at official Taz and people are like, oh man, this you guys got you gotta rip them. You gotta go, you know, this is horrible for SmackDown. Listen, listen, everybody pump the brakes. I'm here to be that cooler head for you. To let you know the world's not coming to an end in the wrestling business. Okay? It's not. I understand SmackDown got beat up and swept. But listen, when I watch or look at a wrestling card, what I look at okay, is the physicality. That's the first thing, to see the timing that the talent, when they're in there wrestling, the psychology of what they're doing, the physical story they're, showing, they're telling, and the broadcast, the announcing, I should say. And I listen to the announcing. Those are the things that jump out to me before I get mad about this guy should have won or that girl should have lost or this girl should have won or ba 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 You know, I, I don't get... I, 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 that's like the last thing I concern myself with if you're new to the way I cover wrestling, okay, and being a guy from the business all the years I've been in the business, right? So uh, that's the first thing. So that being said, like the way they kicked off the show, and I know we got a lot of people calling the show. I will get to you guys. I promise you. 
But, you know, kicking off the show with the women's 505 elimination match, I thought was 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 spectacular. I loved it. You know, I did. And and having a SmackDown, having SmackDown, they came out first. It was Carmella, Naomi was the captain. Mandy Rose, as we thought, as I was saying on my podcast, would step in there for the Charlotte Flair, who ended up wrestling uh, Ronda Rousey, which we're getting into that later on, and Sonya Deville and Asuka. And it was cool. Cool touch. All the girls were wearing blue. And we saw that throughout the night that the Raw talent, for the most part, was wearing red, and the SmackDown talent was wearing blue. And I like that. I like having it because it was about brand supremacy, the supremacy in, in, in the evening. And on the Raw side of the 505 Women's Elimination, Alexa Bliss was the captain. She didn't work. She didn't wrestle. But it was Mickey James, Tamia, Nia Jax, which you got to get into her in a second, Sasha and Bailey. Now, Sasha and Bailey, they were added into this thing because Natalia and Ruby Riot, if you weren't paying attention, on the pregame show, they got thrown off the team by Bliss because they got into a pre-show fight. Of course, the heat that uh, Natalia and Ruby have. So, I, not for nothing, a little swerve of Rooney, okay? But uh, you know, I, I thought we'd get Ruby Riot and and Natalia in this thing. I think Ruby needed to be on this show. She's newer and stuff like that. But I also said on my podcast last week, it's bad if Sasha and Bailey are not involved with this show somehow. So. Who would have thunk it? They were in the middle of this thing. Uh, and this was, I, I enjoyed this 505 elimination match. Raw won this thing. Raw won everything. And Nia, Nia Jax was a sole survivor. Nia Jax had a plethora of heat on her. People in Los Angeles at the live event, they really did not like her. But because she's, she's a big time heel now because of what happened with Becky Lynch and that she hard weighed, meaning that means she popped her on Raw and, and, Gave her a concussion and broke her face and all this stuff. Uh, busted her nose and, and whatnot. But so people are shoot, meaning re- legitimately angry with her. And and you know what? I think that's that's cool. Now, WWE smart. They're going to run with that heat. And they did the right thing, in my view, having uh, Nia be the sole survivor. That puts more heat on her. I would not have... The thing they did during this match is... Very early on, they had Nia get bumped way too early by Mandy Rose. Nia, I'm sorry, Nia Jax should not have left her feet at all unless maybe to Oscar once towards the end. They didn't do that. She got a little physical here and there, did Nia, and I don't think they should have done that. She fell off the apron. She got bumped off the apron, all this stuff. I wouldn't have done that. There would have been more heat on her if you don't touch her until she gets in that ring for when everybody else is Gonski, you know? Uh, I didn't like the fact that, you know, once we saw it was going to be uh, Nia, well, I'm trying to remember that, was Nia pushed Sasha off the ropes and uh, because she screwed over her own teammate and Sasha, and then Asuka ended up beating Sasha because of that, and then Nia with big leg drops and big heat on Asuka, and, uh, and Nia just basically squashed with a small one's drop, squashed uh, Asuka, no hope spots at all for Asuka during the comeback, no comeback, no nothing. I, I, I didn't like that part, but, you know, I get it. Um, I get it. They're trying to pile a lot of heat on her, on Nia, and it um, it works. It works. It works. Um, sometimes when stuff happens legitimately, that's what happens. Uh, you you get you get a star made out of it. Uh, can Nia Jax live up to this star power as a nasty heel while she's got the size? I still think she's a little, to be frank, no disrespect to the, to the lady, but she's still a little green in my opinion. Uh, she's still got to get better. Um, but um, you know, I I I I think it's it's good stuff. You know, uh, you know that she she's got that kind of heel heat, and the WWE smart enough to run with it. Uh, let's go out to Delaware. Let's talk to Derek. Derek, you're on with uh, 
You're on the Taz Show, special edition of the Taz Show on CBS Sports Radio. Uh, what's going on, Derek? Hey, what's up, brother? How you doing, man? Good, man. Good talk to, talk to, to you again. You got it. What's going on, bro? Um, the opening match I didn't mind. That was a good piece of business as far as how Nia won the match, as far as drawing more heat. My only, I, I don't want to jump too far ahead because I know you want to get through all the matches. But no, 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 dude, you go wherever you want to go. Don't, I, I don't usually do my stuff in you know chronological order. But go ahead, just say whatever you want to say. Okay, so basically. I just really, I felt that the main event that was tonight should have been the main event, in my opinion. Should, sure, hold on. You said should have or shouldn't have been? It shouldn't have been. It shouldn't okay. have been. Why? Because, because I, there was no, I think there's more mileage out of the the Charlotte Rousey situation, especially how the match actually ended. If right. the pay-per-view would have ended like that, leaving you on a cliffhanger, it's going to get people more intrigued to see what's going to happen either on Raw, SmackDown, in regards to what's No, but Rousey, Derek, Derek, Rousey. let me interrupt you, bro. I think I, I love the match with Charlotte and Ronda, what they did. It was ultra-physical, and I'm going to get into that. But, dude, let me tell you, if, if they would have ended it with, with, a, with, a disqual- with a DQ finish where Charlotte used the kendo stick and got DQ'd, people would have been in an uproar that the, the main event ended with a non-finish. Derek, thank you for the call. That's what would have happened. I'm telling you. I, I promise you that right now. Uh, CBS Sports Radio toll-free line 855-212-4227 is brought to you by GEICO. Great news. As a quick way you can save money, switch to GEICO. Go to GEICO.com. In the 15 minutes, you can save 15% or more on car insurance. Hey, uh, Kevin in California, you're on a special edition of the Tash Show on CBS Sports Radio. Kev, what's up? Hey, so what happens to Samoa Joe now? Dude, I was shocked. I was shocked, bro. Uh, I'm sure you know Joe's a friend of mine. I love Joe. I'm a big fan of his work. Always been, right? The way yeah. it went down for him, you know, uh, that, that you know, how he just got front kicked by McIntyre and was eliminated so fast, I was shocked. <laughs> I was shocked. I think they got to hit the reset button with Joe right now, Kev. That's all, that's all they can do, right? That, I mean, uh, you're a Joe fan. I mean, if you're a Joe fan, are you happy with the way that went down? No. No. So, I mean, I, you got to kind of hit the reset button now. I mean, I don't know. I, they might be re- hitting a reset button on a lot of stuff because of what happened with SmackDown here. So, I, I, I don't know if they're, they're going to try and flip the script and go into some kind of a, you know, flip the roster around or something like that. I'm not sure. I mean, uh, Kevin, thank you for the call. Appreciate it. You know, because they they kind of, you know, what they did here with, the, with you know, it's when you're promoting and talking about it, it's about brand supremacy and it's about, you know, blue versus red, blue versus red, blue versus Okay, I got it. And then, basically, the blue does the job through and through, meaning they lose everything. Well, that's a bad look. So it makes, it makes the blue brand look bad, real bad. And, and, and a lot of you guys, fans, the quote-unquote WWE Universe, are ticked off about it. I know it because <laughs> I got a feeling I'm going to hear it on the phone here <laughs> throughout the show. And also, I've seen it on the social media. You know what I mean? So, so uh, let's go out to Houston. Uh, hey, Elmer, you're on uh, with Taz here, special edition of the Taz Show. What's going on, Elmer? Hello, hello. Hello, how you doing, buddy? Talk to you again. No, I'm up? good. How about yourself? Good, brother. What's going on? Like everybody just seems like positive about it, but I'm not disappointed. But I'm not happy about everything that went down. It, it was like very like like weird, you know. If I had to rate this match, I'll rate it uh, Larry David's face, you know. Right. Wait. So like, you, you, you mean the whole car? You felt the whole car was weird, Elmer? Yeah, because. Like, mainly, like you said, people are going to be pissed off because of the SmackDown, because I'm a SmackDown guy since, like, right. 2003 with Eddie Guerrero, Chris Benoit, word, word, and yep, yep, all that. So yep, yep. I've been a blue guy throughout my life. Gotcha. So I don't like when they make it a fool out of SmackDown. But at the same time, the match with Rollins versus Nakamura was great. 
Brian and Lesnar was great, but I just like, eh, you know? Yeah. Well, I think that's that. And, and Elmer, I get what you're saying and, and appreciate your call. I mean, that's the thing where a lot of people are going to be a little bit on the fence with the event just because it's not the physicality. I think we all could agree. There was a lot of great matches. I mean, the bulk of them were. Uh, they really were. And, and uh, you know, but it's, it's kind of sad when you just clean sweep. The blue brand. And it's like, where are we going? If you're Fox, who's got a big multi-zillion billion dollar deal coming up to get SmackDown, what are you thinking? Right? You know it's a work, but still. You've got to be like, no. What about SmackDown? Can they win something? What's going on? All right. we got to go to the break right now. We'll be right back from break. And we're going to get into more, obviously, in depth of uh, this Survivor Series. I'll get into all the matches, obviously. From Ronda Rousey and Charlotte to uh, you know, more about the 5-on-5 men's match, uh, the cruiserweight match, all the stuff. 855-212-4227. Lines are busy, but keep trying if you want to get through. All right, Taz Show. Be right back. Give Taz a call. 855-212-4CBS. That's 855-212-4227. Back here, special edition of the Taz Show, reacting uh, to what we just witnessed uh, from Los Angeles. Survivor Series went down, and a lot of crazy, wacky stuff. But a lot of people calling the show. I want to jump right into that. Uh, hey, let's uh, right here in New York. Let's talk to Mike. Mike, you're on a special edition of the Taz Show, CBS Sports Radio. What up, Mike? Taz, it's Chef Mike. How you doing, buddy? Chef Mike, what's going on, Haas? How well, are you? Right. Well, you did a little kayfabe. You didn't put the chef before. You just said Mike. Oh, I wanted to try and surprise you. That's uh, well, <laughs> happy surprise. What's going on, big man? Listen, about the pay-per-view, I really, really wanted to like it. There are so many great parts about it. The cruiser and weight match was awesome. The women's match was awesome. Bright spots here and there. But one thing bothered me throughout the entire pay-per-view, and I realized it during the men's five-on-five match. This is one of the big four events throughout the entire right. year. Yes. It's Survivor Series. Why is Survivor Series setting up, as we saw Corbin attacking Braun Strowman. Why is it setting up for Raw instead of Raw and SmackDown setting up for the pay-per-views? Well, no, you're exactly right. I mean, it, it should usually, and as you know, Mike, I mean, being a, a, a true hardcore fan that you are for a lot of years, usually the right way to do it, what we've seen for decades upon decades, is these big four pay-per-views, or most pay-per-views, are the blow-off or end-all of, of the angles. And Chef Mike, appreciate the call and all the love you give to Moose and I and uh, me with my podcast. So thanks. Good talking to you, buddy. Appreciate the call. But, yeah, no, you're right. I mean, you can't, you, you know, you, you, you can't use, you know, a, a big show like a SummerSlam or a Survivor Series or a WrestleMania or a Royal Rumble or, hell, TLC. You shouldn't use that, especially those big four, as a transition to a Raw storyline. I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it, it really, it, then why is it such a massive event? It should be how it always was, was it was the payoff, meaning the blow-off. That's usually what the big shows were. It was the blow-off or the beginning of something brand new instead of a continuation or a continuity uh, crossover, story arc type thing. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm down with you on that. Uh, let's go to Crab City. Go to Baltimore. Hey, Jeff, you're on a special edition of the Taz Show. What's going on, buddy? Hey, what's up, Taz? How you doing, brother? Good, man. Talk to me, Jeff. What's going on? All right, I want to get to one of the weirder things that happened tonight, and it was uh, more on social media than on a live show. Enzo Amore. Yeah, he, I, dude, I saw that. You know, I saw it all over social and, media. He popped up, man. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was shocking. <laughs> so, I mean, here's what I want to ask. It's kind of a two-piece uh, question. Yeah, sure. What is your opinion on him doing this? And as this guy, I mean, is it going to be like a controversy creates cash type thing? 
no. or is he just completely blown up his bridge? I, I, I unfortunately think it's option two. I think he's blown up his bridge, Jeff, and I appreciate the call. See, here's the thing. You, you can't do business like this, and this is not some ang- – I strongly believe this is not an angle list shooting. You can't show up on your own accord hiding in a costume or whatever, and then you bust out and you got the whole Enzo thing going on. And now you're there, and you and you you cut the promo, and then you fall, you get pulled out by security, you fall on someone, and they throw you out, and you got second row seats, and it's it's just a bad, it it's bad. Like you can't, I don't care if it's WWE or any other Ring of Honor, Impact Wrestling, wherever you can't shoot your own angles like this. You can't just show up and shoot at your own angle and think that. It's going to create a buzz. And like you were just saying, bro, like, oh, controversy creates cash. No, it, this this creates heat. And there was no acknowledgement by the announcers. The cameras cut around it. You saw people reacting to it. I think it was, if memory serves me, during the first match, the women's five-on-five elimination match. I think that's when it happened. Yeah, I, 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 I mean, listen, now, Enzo, I, I had him on the Taz show way back on my podcast probably about three, four years ago. Great guy. I never physically met him, but I'll tell you what, I loved interviewing him, but this was before, this was while he was in NXT. This was before he blew up in WWE, you know? So, I mean, I, I don't know. I hope whatever he's got going on, he works it out and fixes whatever's going on. I just, uh, you know, I, I pray for the guy. I hope it works out for him, seriously. Uh, let's go out to Michigan. Uh, Ethan, you're on a special edition of the Taz Show on CBS Sports Radio. Ethan, what's up? Hey, man, how are you doing? Good, buddy. What's going on? Good. Um, I just want to say, first of all, thanks for all your work over the years. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. And then um, with Charlotte and Rhonda, going forward, I think, like, I don't know how they're going to get there, but I think Becky has to be in that match somehow. If they go with Charlotte and Rhonda at WrestleMania in a singles match, I think it's going to be like Roman and Brock this year. It's going to get booed yep. out of the arena. Becky is, like, going to be like new Stone Cold. She doesn't have to be a clear-cut, like, uh, face. She can be like Stone Cold and do, still do dastardly things. But I'm not sure how they're going to get there. But I think Becky definitely needs to be in that triple threat match if they go that way. Well, I, not I, I, listen, I got to tell Ethan, Ethan, let me stop you, bro. And, I, and okay. you're, you're right, but I got to tell you this. I, I you know, I, I know they kind of almost have to go that route now because what they did with Charlotte and that, you know, the vicious attack with the kendo sticks and, and, and all this stuff they did with the chair and I'll throw on Ronda's throat. I was kind of looking forward to just seeing Ronda and Becky at WrestleMania. I didn't want to see a three a three way, but I think it would be a three way dance. Um, and I, I think yeah, to your point, I, I think to your point, you almost have to. Uh, seriously, I, I really do. And and uh, because now you kind of and that's kind of what they want to do. And Ethan, appreciate the call. I, I would I would normally say they probably booked themselves in a corner here, but they really didn't because what they did with Charlotte tonight was something very, yeah, you know, it, it caught a lot of people off guard. Um. In a good way. Except I don't think, and I'm just being blunt here, I don't think they got the reaction they thought they were going to get from the live audience. I think they did this to get sympathy on Ronda Rousey, and that didn't happen. There was no sympathy on Ronda Rousey. The people were cheering. They were happy. They were happy to see this 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 beatdown. And some might think, well, that audience is a sadistic audience. Oh, my God, how can they do that? Nah, listen, it's wrestling fans. Okay, was I surprised that you got the kind of reaction in Los Angeles? Absolutely. Usually it's a heel crowd is in Philly or New York or Chicago. You know, it's not that you would get Los Angeles. I've worked in Los Angeles. I've worked in Southern California, Northern California. Great fans. But they're usually, they're going to cheer the baby faces and booty heels. But 
that didn't go down like that. They they did not give a rat's behind about Ronda Rousey and the beating, the complete uh, violent attack by Charlotte at the end of this match when she snapped and went nuts. Um, uh, people were not even even when even when Charlotte finally left, <laughs> Ronda was on the ramp. Beat up Bruce Pete, right? I mean, it was crazy. And it was like people were like, ah, get out of here. They were they were booing her. They were chanting for Becky. Yeah. I, I saw Becky heard Becky chants. It really didn't if they wanted to get some momentum behind Rhonda to make her a sympathetic figure, it didn't work. No, it did not work whatsoever. So and I think there's there's several reasons for that. I think it's because Rhonda's still new to the game. And they don't want the audience, the hardcore fan, the people who pay for the WWE Network, they don't want someone forced down their throat, even though she's, she was a great MMA fighter, an MMA champion, UFC champion, and, and a great martial artist and a great fighter and a great athlete, and she's a household name, and I think she's going to be awesome. But right now she's undefeated, and she's the champion. Okay, how are you going to beat her? So they had the DQ tonight because they can't beat her. It's Taz on CBS Sports Radio. Yeah, that's right. Special edition of the Taz Show. We're talking about Survivor Series right here, live post-game gimmick. Uh, 855-212-4227. Phone lines are jammed. Just be patient. Keep trying to get through. Uh, Going to get to a little more depth about the Charlotte, Ronda Rousey. Get to your phone calls in a bit. Um, so this match, as I said, ended really like it, the, towards, the, towards the end of it. Got very, very physical and violent, but I want to talk a little bit about the beginning, the front end of the match. Um, you know, I, I got to say, I, I normally, you know, I'll critique WWE and I'll critique maybe whatever finishes or booking or whatever or how they how they handle a certain talent. I very rarely um, would, uh, how do I word this the proper way, uh, I very rarely would be disrespectful towards another wrestler in the way he or she worked because I know how difficult it is to do this for a living and to perform night in and night out. I, I've lived this game, and I, it's a very hard thing to do. Physically, emotionally, mentally, it's a lot harder than people think. So I usually always, always try to give the benefit of the doubt. So the beginning of the Charlotte Ronda match, I got to tell you, it felt a little sluggish for me. And it felt like the, the girls were not on the same page. It was... You know, it just wasn't. I mean, Charlotte's got a plethora of experience. She's a pro's pro, where Ronda's definitely newer in the game. And she's still, you know, we talked about this earlier. She's the champion. She's undefeated. She's got this level of expectation that they have on her. She's got a lot of pressure on her. And she's got to give her body up to other opponents, which this girl came up, Ronda Rousey, not giving her body up. That's what real fighters do. Okay. MMA people, MMA athletes, I should say, or boxers or. Or kickboxes, uh, you know, no matter what, you, you, you're used to not giving your body up, staying off your back. Now, in this industry, it's about trusting your body. You wrestle me. I'm trusting that you're going to take care of my body. You're trusting I'm going to take care of your body. It's about trust, and you got to give yourself up. And I do think Ronda Rousey deserves credit because she's starting to get into used, getting used to doing that. But still, she's got to be protected. She does. And, and the beginning of this match, it was a little disjointed for me. I got to be frank. But they got their sea legs under them, both girls, and they got their working boots on, and they got flowing. Charlotte took more control of the match. Um, and, and, and even though there was a shoot elbow in there where Charlotte caught Ronda with an elbow and busted a mouth open, and the, the WWE production, Kevin Dunning crew, did a great job of catching it. And usually when that happens, when they shoot blood, real blood, Usually can throw people off, and it didn't. Ronda was kind of, she stayed in her lane. She was cool. She didn't panic. 
Um, you know, it helps when you're a legit fighter. <laughs> and and they did some really cool stuff, and they started getting – they did a great false finish, by the way, in the smash, a spear by Charlotte, where Ronda's about to blow like a big comeback. She was really fired up, and as she turned, the timing was great. Charlotte came and lit her up with a spear for a false finish. I loved it. I thought it was great. Uh, let's go out to Chicago. Hey, Jamal, in Chicago, you're uh, on a special edition of the Taz Show. What's going on, buddy? Taz, my man. What's up? Yeah, so I got two things I want to touch on. But first, I, I got to get this out. I'm a SmackDown guy, so I am pissed. But <laughs> everyone seems to forget SmackDown did win one. They were not swept, even though it was on the pre-show. Well, it was a pre-show. It was care. pre-show. True, true. But, yeah, I guess well, on the actual Survivor Series gimmick, they were swept. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you're right. There, yeah. was, there was one win there on, on the pre-show. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, but everybody seems to forget. But, you know, I'm going to get to it really quick. So. Yeah. A fan you talked to earlier, um, you said you were a little surprised about the reaction at the crowd. You think that they didn't get the reaction that they expected out of Charlotte because they were in Los Angeles. Well, the, the, I thought I feel that they, the WWE was expecting sympathy. You don't go and beat the living hell out of somebody, nevertheless a female, like that unless you're trying to get sympathy, and and that didn't work. And and oddly enough, in Los Angeles, that's usually more of a kind of a straight wrestling crowd where they're not going to lean towards the heel. Yeah, yeah, because I think nowadays, like, you know, like Survivor Series weekend, WrestleMania, Royal Rumble, SummerSlam weekend, you know, you got fans coming from all over the world. All over the world. The previous night, it's becoming a thing now. Like, fans are coming from all over the world. Of course, NXT and stuff, right. Right, and my second thing really quick is, originally I was looking forward to the whole Ronda Becky thing at at May and have nothing against Charlotte. I love Charlotte, but I'm kind of... I was actually leaning to more like the whole one-on-one thing, though. But as I thought the last few weeks, you know, since she got injured, how are they going to keep this, you know, rivalry hot going into Maine? That's like four and a half months. I just want to know your take on it. What do you think? Uh, they the the like rivalry between – hold on, hold on. The rivalry – just so I know, Jamal, the rivalry between Becky and uh, and Ronda. Yes. Right, yes. yeah. Well, well, you're right because there is a lot of time. Appreciate the call, dude. Um, thank you. There is a lot of time. And it's it's easy. I could tell you, my friend, listen – if, if you go back, uh, not to put it on me, uh, I was in a, f- a little feud back in the day in ECW with a guy named Sabu, okay, and, and ECW. And it was a red-hot, boiling angle that led up to the first ever ECW pay-per-view, which was called Bally Legal. And uh, Sabu and I, Paul Heyman, we, he made sure Sabu and I never touched like we never, we never had a physical confrontation, like a physical physicality for one year, Jamal. One year, okay, one year we didn't touch. There's so many things you could do, especially with social media. We didn't have social media back then. With so, they're already doing stuff with Ronda and and uh, and Becky with social media and promos and stuff like that. Run-ins where people are doing pull-aparts. As long as Paul Heyman's in that company, because believe me. He's giving some advice to them creatively, I promise. <laughs> and he'll, he'll, you know, he lived it. He did it as a booker. And you could definitely drag that out. And I mean that in a positive way. I know it sounds negative when I say drag it out. You can stall Becky and Rhonda with no problem. I promise you that. Uh, let's go to California. Hey, Miles, you're on a special list for the Taz Show. What's going on, Miles? Hey, man, it's been a while. Been a while, buddy. What's going on? Yeah, man, I was talking about the whole Charlotte, um, Charlotte Becky match. I, I mean, Charlotte, um, Rousey. Match. I thought that was like my my behalf was the best match of the night, and how how Charlotte got triggered and just 
went crazy. That crazy looking at a fan just in her face got like was crazy, shocking me like crazy. And then her being the crap at it. Yeah, she went nuts. It was insane. Yeah, it was. What was your thoughts on all that whole beatdown and what do you think is going to um, lead to this whole situation? <clears throat> Come well, in the next review and SmackDown. Yeah, well, I hear you, uh, Miles. Thank you for the call. Appreciate it. Well, look, a couple things. Like I was saying earlier, I mean, when you have someone snap like that, you have big plans, right? <laughs> you're, not, you're not looking to just shoot a little angle here. You just had someone agree to in, in, in Ronda Rousey. Okay, I'm going to allow this girl to take a kendo stick and beat the holy high hell out of me for a multiple of minutes. I was saying to you, Pete, okay, during, during, during uh, one of the commercials or whatever, the breaks during the, the Survivor Series, I've been hit with that kendo stick, okay, more than once. And I'm telling you people right now, it hurts, okay? <laughs> and, Pete, you were saying about the shots to the head, right? Yeah, the, the couple, there were a couple shots looked like right to, the, right to the side of the head, right to the yeah. temple. And you could see Rhonda's ear. I don't know if her ear got cauliflower or if she split her ear open. She, she got nailed hard. I've been hitting the body in the head with a kendo stick. I think the body actually hurts more because there's more, like, fat on your body as opposed to your head. And the bamboo and those kendo sticks hurt like the dickens. I promise you this. Okay, so my point is, if you're going to do this kind of an angle, you're going to allow, and you're Rhonda, you're going to agree to this. You got big plans. And there's a big receipt coming for Rhonda on Charlotte. I promise you that. So what could happen is two. Now, look. You know, those who listen to the Taz Show, my podcast, which drops three days a week for free, okay, at Apple Podcasts or Radio.com, you guys know, right, I don't talk to them, my sources in quotations. I go by my gut, my instinct. I give you opinions on what, how I live the game and, what I, and working under them and with them. They could go two ways with Charlotte and Rhonda. Like we had a call earlier say they could definitely go, which I thought they, they'll probably go for towards WrestleMania with a three-way dance with Charlotte, Ronda, Becky Lynch, okay? They definitely could do that. They also, this is maybe a, a conspiracy theory that's a little nuts, they also could do a deal with Charlotte, okay, where Ronda, tomorrow night on Raw, goes completely crazy, or shows up, I should say, on SmackDown, because Charlotte's on SmackDown, and attacks her in a parking lot, does something, and just destroys her, snaps her arm, like breaks her arm, do some kind of an angle where she shoot, attacks her. So this, my point in saying this is this attack by Charlotte on Ronda could have been a setup to give, again, I didn't hear this anywhere. I could be way off. So pardon, pardon me if I'm wrong on this. I'm just being honest. I'm being frank with you guys. They could be doing something where they want to get Charlotte, either Charlotte needs a break. They want to get it out, out of the picture a little bit. They have other girls coming up, and they could be doing that, and this is a great way to do it. Have Charlotte get a plethora of heat on Ronda. At Survivor Series, and then on SmackDown, Ronda uh, shows up at SmackDown, or for some crazy reason, Charlotte shows up tomorrow night, something, but Ronda gets her receipt, gets even, and destroys, snaps the arms, something of Charlotte. I don't think they're going to do what I'm telling you. I would do that. I would think that's cool, but that's something you'd have to know ahead of time. You know what I mean? Like, you have to know that Charlotte either, either needs a break, or she agreed to a break, or you want to give her a break, something along those lines. Let's go out to Chi-Town. Hey, Nicholas in Chicago. You're on a special edition of the Taz Show on CBS Sports Radio. What's up, Nick? Hey, Taz. How's it going, man? Thank you for doing what you do. I love your podcast, man. Thanks a lot. Thank you, man. I appreciate your support. What's going on? So, two things. One, were you surprised that Rousey got some heat tonight? And two, does Becky get lost in the shuffle now? Because 
I feel like after the Flair beatdown, the high I was on from Monday this last Monday night's Raw is gone. Mm. You know, don't don't Nick don't 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 trust me because the Becky stuff is is real. Like the Becky stuff is, I think. You know, uh, I think they 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 got a lot of money they could go into here with, with Ronda and Becky, and they're gonna they're gonna do it. Mm-hmm. And 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 Nicholas, appreciate the call. They're gonna do it because a couple of reasons why. <clears throat> One, what happened to Becky was a, a was a crappy thing, right? It was an accident. She got hurt. She got concussed. She couldn't compete, and she's been on fire. She's been on fire, right? No, no, you know, totally like right? over like Rover, right? The whole deal. So I'm going to tell you from experience, like, believe it or not, like WWE, like Vince McMahon and Stephanie and like Triple H, they they feel bad when it happens to a talent. When they have a guy or a girl that they know is about to have the rocket put on them, and now it gets pulled away because of an injury. That actually, that they feel bad about that. Triple H has been hurt. He knows. Vince has been hurt. He knows. They they know. They 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 understand. And and so my point in saying that is, they're going to give her Becky her opportunity. To be in that big main event, that big spotlight with Ronda Rousey. They're going to do it. Now, they could be. I know what you're saying, Nicholas, that you, you're kind of off that high you were from on, on Raw. They definitely could be going Charlotte Ronda, and they could go Nia with, you know, Becky. They definitely could do that, but I don't think that's what they're going to do. Um, they said something. Who was it? Right after Pete, may I help me remember this. Right after uh, Nia Jax went through the curtain after she won, Michael Cole. No, Michael, uh, Corey Graves, one of them said she could face, did she say Ronda Rousey? Yeah, yeah, she, yeah that, that's what she said. Yeah, so he, uh, uh, Corey Graves said that Nia could be faced, right? Did you hear that? Uh, I, I, I missed I what she like said that. with that, but that that would be the perfect uh, setup, at least short term, for uh, give Nia Jax a little heat. Yeah, once you hear that kind of line from a commentator, that's fed from the back, just to pull the curtain back for you guys. So that's what they're going to do. Um, uh, you know, I... Look, I, I know a lot of people think with Ronda, with uh, with Becky Lynch, they could do the whole Steve Austin thing, and I, I got it. I, I don't think that's. I don't look at it like that. I, I don't. I look at it like you got to let Becky be Becky, and what she's doing is cool. Just because you know she's being disgruntled, she's not being disgruntled. Just because she's being, you know, someone who's just kicking butt and taking names and no nonsense doesn't. I mean, I did that for years. The Taz character, and then Steve Austin did it after that, and so many other people did it. Uh, before me or before Steve or after me or after Steve, you know, that, but so I, I don't look at it like it's, she's like a Steve Austin, Becky Lynch. I look at it like she's Becky Lynch. She's Becky Lynch with an edge. And, and that's, that's, I, I, I hate the comparisons. Like when people do that, I'm not a fan. I believe you got, you know, you got to stand, you got to, you got to look at that talent as that talent alone, you know, because that's important. You got to, you got to be, don't be the next you know, Hulk Hogan, don't be the next The Rock. Be the next, you know, Joe Blow, you know, whatever your name is. You know, that that's how I look at it. I, I don't believe in being the next thing, the next, like, another guy or another girl. Be that first, you. That's what I believe in. I'm a big, firm believer in that. 855-212-4227. We're talking Survivor Series, special edition of the Taz Show. Let's go uh, down to uh, beautiful Miami and talk to Jim. Special edition of the Taz Show, Jim. I'm Taz. You're Jim. What's up? Hey, really enjoyed Survivor Series tonight. I just, looking at Charlotte and just seeing what she was able to do tonight, and then Becky Lynch, you're talking about her and what she's able to do. What do you think, or why do you think Ronda, WWE's portraying her more as a, 
a face, a good guy, and not so much more as a heel, mm-hmm. a badass ass right. kicker, heel type. Just right. what are your thoughts on that? Well, I, a couple things, Jim. First off, I, I said that, and, and appreciate the call, man. I, I said a while back on my podcast that I felt like Ronda should have been a heel because it's. I can tell you from experience, it's easier to be a heel, to be a bad guy or a bad girl before you're a good guy or a good girl. It's easier to learn how to get you, how to work. To be frank, it really is. It's easier to learn. It's easier to be a heel. I, I, I think they, they should have her as a heel. I don't think they had her as a heel because she is such a big star. And I think that, like, a lot of young girls and little girls look up to Ronda Rousey. And I think that Stephanie and company and maybe Ronda, too, want her. Or she wanted herself, too, to be a babyface at first just because, you know, she is a big star and just to get you know, to get that love and uh, you know from from her fan base and to keep that love, but that's only going to last so long. You you got to eventually turn her heel, and I think you you might be close to that because when she starts working, whatever whatever happens, which let's just say Charlotte's not involved, Ronda starts doing business <laughs> with Becky Lynch. Ronda's going to be a heel. It's a guarantee, and she's going to be a heel. Pete, you feel that too, right? I mean, it's. Oh, yeah, and especially if you do WrestleMania and you do it in New York, you're going to get the same reaction you got Ooh, out in L.A. It might be worse. I forgot it's in New York. It's, it's, well, it's technically New Jersey where the Jets play. Your Jets. Yeah, yeah the New Jersey Jets. My old Jets. Uh, yeah, no, you're right. You're, gonna, you're definitely going to get. And look, to that caller earlier who said, and he's right because I mentioned the L.A. crowd. He said, well, you get people from all over the world because of NXT. And, and he's right. That's true. Same thing when, when WrestleMania is at City Field. You get fans all over the world. But when you're out in L.A., I would – Bet if you took an exit poll in in that arena in the Staples Center, both a bulk of those people are from the West Coast. I, I promise you that. I promise you that. All right, we're gonna uh, we're gonna come back. We're gonna have well, Mike Johnson's coming on here for PW Insider. We're gonna get Mike's take uh, on uh, what he thought of Survivor Series. We're gonna get back to the phone calls too. The phones are fired up here. Eight five five two one two four two two seven. Special edition of the Taz Show. Uh, I am Taz. We are talking Survivor Series. They'll be right back, jobbers. From Brooklyn, bringing that truth. Never gonna lie, never gonna lose. Always on top, keeping it steady. He'll make you tap out and you won't be ready. He got the suplex breaking your back. Now everyone in the world gonna listen to Taz. All right, we got a special edition right here of the Taz Show. We're gonna be here till 2 a.m. Eastern. We're coming to you live from the Quicken Loan Studios. National Mortgage Lending Quicken Loans. Apply simply. Understand fully. Mortgage confidently. We got special guest Mike Johnson from PW Insider coming on in a few seconds here. I know Mike's going to update us on that whole situation we talked about briefly earlier about Enzo Amore showing up uh, uninvited. I know Mike's going to give us a full update on that, uh, being uh, the way he does his job. He gets all the info. By the way, the phone number here is 855-212-4227. Take two. 855-212-4227. Without any further ado, uh, Mr. Johnson, Mike Johnson, PW Insider. What's up, bro? Good moment, Taz. How are you? Good moment, my friend. So what's the deal with uh, Enzo? I know you got some info. I saw some stuff on PW Insider. What's the story? He was not there at the uh, the beck and call of WWE. He went there on his own. They were not aware he was there until he jumped up on his chair and had taken off the hoodie and the wig he was wearing. 
and started doing his Enzo Mori shtick. And as soon as they saw him, security besieged him. Yeah. <laughs> they charged him. They yanked him very roughly off his chair, and uh, he was pretty much shoved out of the building and shoved out the door. And he took the Twitter, a Twitter, I should say, uh, also, I believe. He said, yeah, it was, it was a publicity stunt. He was just trying to get attention for himself. And now, what was he, I was reading something you wrote. He was, he was there for what, for somewhat of, about a hip-hop show or something yeah, like that? Yeah, you know, he, he recorded a hip-hop album that he's been, re- that he's been releasing songs from. Oof. So there's a club in L.A. called Whiskey A Go-Go, and he played there last night. Okay. So he obviously stayed an extra day and decided to uh, stir up some, in- some interest in himself. And I don't know if he really got interest as much as he got heat, no. As you said earlier, I, there were a lot of people that I spoke to in the company that were very down on the fact that he did it. Yeah, you know, you can't do that, and and you know, you just you just can't. You know, you remember years ago, I I did that with with the Sabu sign, uh, Sabu fear sign, but I was you know in Allentown. Yep, we were invited. I mean, like, <laughs> it was a work. You know, you can't. No, you right. know what I mean. You, you can't go into business for yourself, especially if you're in town for a hip hop show. I mean, if you're yeah. doing hip hop, just stay away. Uh, I don't picture him doing a good hip hop, but that's just me. Uh, so yeah, so I because we had a call a call earlier, Mike saying, "Well, you think he'll be back?" No, I don't. No. I don't think that's happening. <laughs> I don't was, think this that's was, happening. This was not part of the script, as they say. So uh, what's the deal, man? Uh, I was talking earlier, man. So SmackDown does the job. They uh, they they get swept six and zero oh inside the pay per view Raw. Uh, what are you hearing? What's going on? What do you think happened? What's your opinion on it? Well, a couple of things. I mean, I like the show from an in-ring standpoint. Me too. I thought the matches, especially the top two matches, were good. The top two matches were great. Just great, great stuff. I thought it was I the agree. Daniel Bryan match since the night he won the title at WrestleMania in New Orleans. Right. Brock, brought, Brock actually remembered that he had actually put in some time and effort, yeah. which was nice, because yep. it was easily the best Brock match we've had in a while, too. Sure. And I think, you know, anybody who doesn't think Ronda Rousey and Charlotte Flair brought the heart and the violence tonight. Um, I don't know what, what, what else you, what, 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 what would, could be done to make them happy. The creative end of it was weird. Yeah. Um, it was. I, obviously, you know, Shane McMahon already took to social media and said there's going to have to be changes. So perhaps this is all storyline and the idea is they SmackDown went so far off the path that they're going to have to make changes to make the, the brand better again. And the other thing I, I didn't, I don't think I heard anybody bring it up was, the story was if Baron Corbin wanted to be the general manager, SmackDown had to have a clean, clean sweep. Clean sweep, right. So, obviously, he got that, and we'll see if he gets to become the general manager or not before he gets caught up by Braun Strowman. Um, I like, you know, when you look at the actual the matches themselves, I liked a lot of the twists and turns. I just think if you're a SmackDown fan, or even if you're a Raw fan, that whole brand versus brand deal, which is kind of forced on the fans anyway, because nobody of really course. believes that. Right, right, right. You want it to be a little bit more competitive. You know, like they're, they're, they're neck and neck, and then there's finally a big win at the end. And I think by having just the the all-out sweep, they took some of the drama away from the later matches. Yeah, well, I, I'll tell you, on my Twitter, I'm sure you had it the same uh, or something similar, at least with PW Insider. And I know people calling this show here I'm doing, uh, a lot of people say, I'm a blue guy, I'm a SmackDown guy, and they were pissed. You know, that would happen. So, I mean, I, I, I agree with you that, you know, Mike, that people, yeah, it is forced. The brand supremacy, it is forced on the, on the audience. But a lot of fans, some, and I think that's so cool. I mean, some either love SmackDown or Raw. I know when this brand split first happened and I was in a company and I was a SmackDown color commentator, they did it down the middle, as you know. The writer, it was different writers. They had the Raw writers. They had the SmackDown writers. They weren't allowed to work together. You know, it was it was legitimately. It was, it was a separate. 
separation of church and state. If you were on the Raw brand, you couldn't call and ask for free tickets for your friend to go to a SmackDown show. Like, it was like you really were two separate companies at that point. Yeah, it's the truth. It's the truth. You know, I, I talked earlier, Mike. I'm, gonna get, I'm just curious on your, um, your perspective. Um, for you know, a guy uh, for, for that's covered the industry as long as you have at the level you have, you know. Like, so I really, I look Nia Jax in that opening women's five on five elimination match. She had, a, as you know, a ton of heat. Obviously, coming off the Becky Lynch stuff, and we knew she'd have heat. And the thing is, I don't think they handled her heat right. Right. I like that she won. I like that she was a sole survivor. I liked all that. I felt like when they had Mandy Rose bump her early on, I'm like, what? What are you doing? Don't let her get bumped until later. Don't let her don't don't let her get in a ring until very last to get that reaction. I want to see your take on that. Yeah, I totally see what you're saying and you know, especially if you think about it from the point of she's supposed to be like basically the female equivalent of Bruiser Brody right. or Abdullah the Butcher or Vader, you know, like one of these monsters. Sure, sure. I didn't have a problem with Asuka hitting hip attack and knocking her off the apron. But that was, but also, you know, that's that's true. That that one time, and that's true. Off the apron, I would have had a, with the hip attack, I would have had a almost, almost fall off the apron. I wouldn't have had a fall. But the Mandy Rose thing, nothing against Mandy, who, who, her work is getting better. It just, it it don't matter who it was. It could have been any of those girls. No one should have bumped her with the amount of heat she had. I was very surprised that they booked that match. I know that's a little thing. A lot of people might, Hear me like, man, why is this guy down on that hill? That's important. You know, that's important, as you know. The other thing that's important was uh, that they did promote that Seth Rollins against Nakamura. Seth Rollins as the IC champ, Nakamura, U.S. champ, first time ever. That's important they said that because it's a shoot, and it worked. Um, I like this match. I thought this match, they took their time in the beginning, Mike, and then it built. Uh, did you like this match? You know what? It's funny you say that because they were like, maybe a third of the way through the match, and I was like, they got to step it up. Yeah, the crowd's going to turn on it. Thing. It was yeah. a very, I know you meant you referenced Philly earlier. It definitely yeah. was a very pro-Smackdown crowd, yep, yep. but it was also a very pro-heel crowd. Like, I've never seen Ronda Rousey get booed at a WWE event the way she was tonight. Yeah. You know, and it was brutal. I know. <laughs> it was brutal. It was, it was bad. <laughs> I was like, wow, I felt bad, bad for her. Um, but, yeah, I, you know, it was like I, the first third of that, I was like, all right, it's okay. But this is a big show. They've never wrestled before. There's some anticipation and speculation here from an audience that really wants an all-time classic. And there have been times where they've put Nakamura into positions where he doesn't get to have that classic. Right. right. And I don't, I don't know why. I've never figured out the riddle of why that happens, you know. Um, but by the, but they, 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 that last two-thirds of the match, especially the last three or four minutes, they were so great with all the reversals and counters oh, for the Kinshasa and the curb stomp and all that. I really liked it. I'd like to see more. Um, but more than that, I'd like to see them like do something with Nakamura and kind of shake things up with him because I feel like he's the U.S. champion. I know. And he's like the, the bottom of the roster, which makes no sense to me, you know? Yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree. I don't, um, you know, I don't know why. I don't know. I, I, I I know why he's not getting the push that maybe he got in NXT, and I, I talked about this a lot on my sh- on the podcast. And you know, I know you know this, Mike. I mean, it's like it's that the, it's unfortunate for Nakamura that his first language is Japanese, not English, and that that's what hurts him. You know, and it's not his fault. I'm not knocking the man. It's just because he can't. You know, in WWE, you got to be able to connect verbally with an, with the audience. And you know he's he when he does talk, people like it. He's cool. He's he's a very slick, cool character, and he's so talented. And he's tough, and he's all these things. And people dig him. But that 
you know, that he's that English is not his first language, just like Oscar. That that's what's hurting because Vince is different than Triple H. <laughs> yeah. I, I've never spoken to Oscar, but I've interviewed Nakamura. His, you know, he's got obviously he's got a heavy accent, but he does speak some decent English. And you know, it's just it's a shame, uh, especially because they have such a global mindset now that such a thing might hold him back in any way, shape, or form. Does he have better English than me, Nakamura, bro? <sighs> <laughs> I he probably like... surfs better than you. He loves to surf. <laughs> Does so. he really? I didn't yeah, picture... he's a big he's a big surf fiend. He loves to surf. Really? I think yeah. that's cool. That's I didn't I didn't picture him being a surfer, but I, I, okay, that's cool. I, I can see it now that you're saying it. Um, yeah, I, look as a whole, which, you know, you know, I, hate I the... like I like the show. Yeah, me too. I, 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 you know, I'll, I'll give it a slight I, I, I give it a slight thumbs up because of all the the work ethic of that of that of that, hard. of that show hard. and yeah. everybody worked hard i think the the, the creative kind of pulled it down from a resounding thumbs up for me uh but i i like ronda rousey and charlotte flair man like there are matches where the physicality feels real it feels rough it's gritty it doesn't feel like it's perfect and choreographed and that's how that match felt and when they have when someone has a match like that and a lot of more times it happens in new japan and, and places like that than it happens here in the united states but, like, when a match like that takes place, it just sucks you in as a viewer, and you feel like you're watching a real sporting match of as course. opposed to, you know, a sports entertainment deal. And I loved every second of that. And then when Charlotte pulled out that Singapore cane or the kendo stick, as they <laughs> called in WWE, right. that was a beating that Oof. people from ECW would have cringed at that. Hey. That was rough. I was, I was like, well, I felt bad for him. I was like, oh, my God, this yeah, is horrible. Yeah, so many cuts and bruises. I was like, she really took a hell of a beating there. and. You know, like, you know as well as I do, there are times where if you do something that physical, it's sort of like a badge of honor in pro wrestling. Yep. She earned her merit badges tonight. Well, you know? absolutely. Like, she did. She did. I, I don't want to use the term that I want to say because I won't, I, I can't say it on radio. But yeah, I, you're right. And that's what happens. There is that, there is that code of the wrestler. No matter if you're in the male locker room or the female locker, there is a code. And I think she earned that code. I also think they're in a real, I said this earlier, a great position to have Charlotte get a, uh, I'm sorry, to have uh, Ronda get a huge receipt yeah. on, on Charlotte right now to, to maybe sit Charlotte down. I don't think they're going to do that, but they could do that if they wanted. And, and Charlotte, incredible performance, especially when you think about what she's coming off of from the women's pay-per-view. That's two amazing performances in a row on a pay-per-view. Yes. It's incredible. I, you know, she's definitely her father's daughter. Oh, that's no, the no, stuff her dad would do in the 1980s. That's true. That's true. That's true. Well, listen, bro, I'm on the time restraint. i got people calling the show. Listen, plug, please. Plug all PW right, Sun. Thank you for, well, first of all, thank you for having me on. I appreciate everybody listening. You're always you part out. of – listen, you're always part. You know that. Please. I appreciate that. I'm yeah. trying to plug so I can get, get out of here. <laughs> PWInsider.com is where you can find me. You can follow me on Twitter at MikePWInsider. And if you want to check out our paid – ad-free service with tons of audio. Check out PWInsiderElite.com, and you can subscribe for three days free. Tag. By the way, hold, by the way, Haas, listen, yeah. uh, sure. my broadcast colleague, Mark Malusis, the moose, as they call him, mm-hmm. um, he is a little, uh, I, I have to ask you on the air, because he said his elite account is not elite anymore. I, I did not. Someone needs to tell me these things well, so I can fix I, these I things said that to, other people make on my website. I said to moose on the air, I go, well, dude, have you been using it? He goes, no, not really. So I mean, it's a lack of right. Does that happen? Uh, if you're not, yeah. Maybe it, maybe it became inactive. I don't know. 
that could happen, right? If you're not, it's um, quite possible. Yeah, I don't yeah. know all the ins and outs, but have Moose email me, and I'll take care of it. What do you mean you don't all the ins and outs? Mark Malusin. What do you mean you don't know all the ins and outs? You're Mr. PW Insider. How do you not all the ins and outs? What the hell does that mean? I let the gremlins run the inside. I worry about the content. Oh, God, top guy Jones. All right, listen, I Mike. My I appreciate you coming on, big guy. Okay. Thanks, Taz. Good moment, everybody. Good moment, sir. All right, that's Mike Johnson, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. So that was uh, always fun talking to Mike. He knows his stuff. Uh, listen, we're gonna. Go to break. Come back from break. Take some phone calls. I'm also going to tell you one of the most physical, gifted, athletic people on that card. And there was a lot of them on that Survivor Series. But one spot stuck out to me and how hard it is to do what this guy did. Who am I talking about? Be right back here on the Taz Show. Sit tight. It's Taz on CBS Sports Radio. All right, so food, family, and fantastic football. It's a legendary rivalry between the Chicago Bears and the Detroit Lions. The tradition continues Thanksgiving Day with coverage beginning at noon Eastern. Oh, noon East, as I like to call it. That That's a shoot right there. I got to tell you, I always watch that game. The Lions always on uh, Thanksgiving, so you got to check it out. That's very important. You, you know, I'm, I'm obviously here. Football guy. Yeah. Uh, CBS Sports Radio toll-free line 855-212-4227 is brought to you by Geico. Hey, everyone, here's a quick way you can save money. Switch to Geico. Do you need homeowners, renters, or motorcycle insurance, too? Well, get it all at geico.com. Uh, let's go to the Steel City of Pittsburgh. Talk to Sean. You're on a special edition of the Taz Show. Sean, what's going on? Hey, Taz. Thanks for taking the call. I appreciate it. You got it, my friend. What's up? Hey, just a couple questions. I got a bold prediction for you. Uh, first and foremost, uh, your thoughts on the whole uh, brand supremacy thing. I enjoy the crossover matches, but is it time with the three straight years of Raw dominating that they kind of go away with it but stick with the uh, cross-brand matches for Survivor Series? Uh, secondly, yeah. your thoughts on uh, no AJ Styles, no Dean Ambrose, and uh, 30 seconds of Samoa Joe and... Ugh. Full prediction for you. Uh, I think that Charlotte beating of Ronda might be leading to four horsewomen of USC versus four horsewomen of NXT. I hope they don't do that. I'm gonna be uh, that. No, I'm, I'm serious. That last part you just said. I hope I, I, the 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 four horsewomen of WWE are more than ready to do it. The other ones are not. I'm being blunt. I'm just telling you, Sean. <laughs> They're not. Is that something you're looking to, looking forward to? If that happens, if your prediction's right. Uh, not right now. Yeah, because uh, they're not I, ready. They're not ready. Yeah. Yeah, they're not ready. Um, You hit me with like 9,000 questions, bro. What was the first one again? <laughs> uh, your thoughts on the brand supremacy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Aspect. Yeah, yeah. Stay yeah. with it, but keep the cross-brand matches. Yeah, I definitely think they, they should keep the cross-brand matches. But uh, thank you for the call. appreciate it, Sean. The thing is, they can't, you know, and you, you get this, Sean. They can't. It's two years in a row, like you just said, to your point, with Raw dominating, they can't keep doing this. It looks bad for SmackDown. There's no need to do it. Um, but you know what? To be honest, if you're not pushing the uh, the branding of the brand supremacy storyline of the, the theme, I should say, of the pay-per-view of Survivor Series, but yet you still have the SmackDown champions lose and the SmackDown talent lose, then that's just as bad as... What, because they're not wearing a blue T-shirt? I mean, you know they're from SmackDown. You know, it's just it's, that's the only thing. It's just they got to, I don't know. I mean, being that with, with Shane, uh, Pete, if you get a chance and you go to Shane's Twitter, because I didn't get a chance to get on there, let me know what he said, what Mike Johnson was talking about. Because, like, that's what I was saying uh, during during the during Survivor Series to Pete the Body. I was saying to him, I wonder if 
they're going to do some kind of a roster, some kind of a shuffle, even though it's not this, the, not the right time of year, but they, they make their own rules. You know what I mean? So I wonder if that's what they're going to do. All right, look, I, I gave you a quick hook, guys. Um, uh, I gave you a hook to about who, who did something that was amazingly athletic and very difficult to do, and I know he's done it a couple times before, but I'm talking about Seth Rollins. Now, look, there's a plethora of great athletes that were on this card tonight. There really was. So I'm, I'm just telling you, this one spot, okay, when, when you do a superplex to a guy who's like 6'4", and that's what Nakamura is, you do a superplex, and then as and it's a big bump, and then as you're bumping, you roll through, and you then pop this guy up and do a falcon arrow, listen, it's underratedly difficult how hard that is to do that. And these are both big guys. Seth Rollins is a tall guy. He's probably 6'3-ish, 6'4". And, and I know Nakamura is, like I said, probably 6'3", 6'4". That's very, very difficult to do. And you go back, you get a chance, watch that spot. I'm promising you, look, there was a lot of great spots in, the, in this card and in that match. And by the way, speaking of that Seth Rollins-Nakamura match, um, listen, <laughs> if you don't watch anything else on Survivor Series, you watch the the finishing series of that of that match um, with a great series of kicks and missed kicks and knee strikes and stuff into the curb stomp and Rollins winning. I'm telling you right now that it was phenomenal. People loved it. And this was a match, Seth and Nock, that started off a little slow. They, they felt each other out. The announcers did a good job promoting that's the first time ever. And they wrestled through things. They were just going hold for hold. And they were exchanging holds. Both guys patient. I loved it. I loved it. And they were right on the cusp of losing that audience. Because the audience, most audiences, not just the folks that were at Survivor Series, are impatient. They want high spots and 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 high spots. And, high spots. and you can't. Let the audience control your match. You control your match. Those of you that listen to my podcast, you know, a lot know that I said that I would, when people would say boring or say, you know, something negative or or heckle during a match of mine, first thing I'd do is I'd snap mare the guy and put him in a rear chin lock. And I would say, you want to see boring? I'm going to show you boring. And I would sit there, Pete, I'm telling you, (laughs) and I'd stay in that rear chin lock. And we'd stay there all day. And and my opponent would be like, oh, come on, let's go. No, 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 we ain't going anywhere. You stay right here, bro. <laughs> Take gonna, a little breather, relax. We're going to wait, <laughs> and we're going to make them say boring all until they stop. We're going to wear them out, and then once they stop saying boring, we'll get moving. You control the audience. They don't control you. And that's that's uh, uh, that's what that's what these two guys did, Nakamura and Rollins, because they exchanged a lot of holes. They were patient. And then there was a lot of heat dished out by Nakamura on Rollins, which was smart. Uh, cool hope spots, uh, three big dives. I think it was two or three big dives by Rollins, uh, hitting Nakamura on the outside. Very physical matchup. I enjoyed this match very much. Like I mentioned, that superplex into that Falcon Arrow was unbelievable. And then that big missed uh, was a big splash off the top Rollins into Nakamura with a false finish uh, with the consa- consasha in the back of the head, which was awesome. False finish city was great. 
And I talked about the finish into the curb stomp was awesome. The series was awesome. Um, back to the Shane McMahon stuff. So you got to read the stuff. Pete. Yeah, Twitter, here's Twitter, the Twitter, tweet Twitter. For the so- here, I'll give a social media update. Right? Ah, I know that sound. Shane McMahon on Twitter after Survivor Series, he said, This wasn't the night I had in mind for Team Blue. Tomorrow is a new day, but something is going to have to change come Tuesday. Hashtag Survivor Series. Ah, see, so there it is. That's like Mike Johnson noticed that. And uh, thank you, Pete, uh, for that social media update. That's my gimmick. And you stole my own gimmick. Um, You're welcome. Yes, thank you. No, but so there it is. By by Shane saying that, that goes to show you right there, they're going to do something. I feel like there's going to be some kind of shakeup in the roster. I think that's why Samoa Joe got eliminated so quick, got kicked in the face, and, and, and was just... I, I couldn't believe that. I couldn't believe how quick Joe. I was shocked, shocked. Really, well, I I don't understand. I mean, by I uh, was uh, Drew McIntyre actually who kicked him, uh, and it was so fast. I I think these are things that'll come out, you know, on uh, um, you know, on uh, on SmackDown. So it's gonna be interesting to see. It's Taz on CBS Sports Radio. All right, special edition right now of the Taz Show, uh, talking about Survivor Series. Going to be here to 2 a.m. Eastern, right here on CBS Sports Radio and on, uh, obviously, Sirius XM, Channel 206, Radio.com, WFAN, 670 to score, and a plethora of affiliates across our great United States, and we appreciate and love you all. Uh, Going to get to the busy phones uh, here in a little bit, 855-212-4227. And we're going to talk a little later on in depth about the main event of Brock Lesnar and Daniel Bryan. But right now, uh, our second guest on this episode here, uh, WFAM producer of the Mike Francesa Show, uh, Brian Monzo. Monzo, what's going on? Welcome to the special edition of the Taz Show, my friend. Oh, Taz, thanks for having me. And thanks to Moose for guilting you to put me on. Well, yeah, that's kind of what happened. <laughs> I mean, on the air. I mean, on the air, he put me on a spot. I don't know if you heard right. but You know, uh, hey, we have to do this or else you look bad. <laughs> I was going to ask you anyway. Uh, I, I, I know. I was waiting for the call. <laughs> anyway, so, I'm bro, what is it? No, that's no, awesome, dude. Like, so, By the way, did you get a chance to plug uh, your appearance uh, on your show Friday with the with the big mic? I did not, but I tweeted it multiple nice. times. Nice. Well done. Um, that's was, awesome. We, were, we, 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 we instead talked about the weather for three and a half hours. Is that what you guys talked about? Well, there's nothing else yeah. going on with New York sports. I mean, it's uh, like, you know, uh, you couldn't do a little Taz show plug? I mean, Thank you very much. <laughs> Maybe I'll promote this appearance. And, yeah, if you do something after the Rumble, we'll do it. Yeah. Okay. No, now, you, now you got me. Now you're handcuffing me. You're like, uh, look, you got me hostage now. Uh, so, what's they going to show, bro? Tell me. So, I was actually pre- I was pretty happy with it, considering I went in with very little expectations because. Mm-hmm. These Raw versus SmackDown pay-per-views, as a fan, don't give you any real storyline payoff. It's kind of gimmicky. Yeah. But I think they kind of advanced – what they did was pretty unique. They, they advanced characters without advancing storyline, mm-hmm. if you know what I mean by that. Yeah, like like Charlotte all, you know, all of a sudden did what she did. She went crazy. You know, that yeah. was, you know? So I thought – and the, I think you mentioned this in your open – the organic heat that Nia has now is tremendous. Oof, oof, forget about it. Yeah, they they got to be careful. You don't want to, and that's what I was saying earlier. I mean, I just I know it sounds crazy, but when you bump her too early, that takes every time she bumps, you take heat off of her. 
So you got in this this tough, this uh, sensitive, delicate transition period she's in, you know, and that's how I look at her. Um, but yeah, and that, that's another character who's advanced. And I, I was surprised. I don't know about you, moms, but a Los yeah. Angeles audience that, that they like the heels, and that that's rare for Los Angeles. Yeah, and you know what? I'm I'm trying to get to the point in my head where I stop telling myself, and I, you, maybe you disagree with this, but I have to stop telling myself about heels and faces. Because the crowd's reaction sometimes just just completely throws off. I think what they intend on doing, you know. That, I mean, that, let's be honest. That crowd was chanting for Charlotte. You know, oh, after no, she did I know. Did. I, I was told about that. It, it was horrible. I, when I say horrible, I mean like I, me. I've always liked heel crowds. I've loved working for the heels crowd. But she, Rhonda, was beat up as you saw, Monzo, bloodied up, beat up. Uh, you know, she got kendo stick like crazy and chair across the throat. And as she's walking up the ramp, people are like booner. Like, right. it was like there, yeah. There's a thank. There's a thank you, Charlotte crowd going yeah. at one point. Yeah. So and then honestly, Rhonda looked a little tipped, you know, as she was walking up. So, so maybe you'll get a little something out well, of her. You don't know why, but bro, she's green and she 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 she's not used to that. She don't know how to react to that. She she's used to everything like what they tell is going to happen happens, and it's like she's she. I don't think she's experienced in that. It's like, oh wait a minute. The audience actually has a voice. I thought that everything goes the way the company says it's going to go. No, this is a work. Yeah, it's a work. But you know what? People have their own opinions. Now, as far as your thing, though, Mons, about heels, faces, and stuff, I, I got to tell you, I, I believe in gray area and uh, in, in, in baby faces and, and heels. So for those that don't know, baby faces is a good guy, a heel is a bad guy. Okay, so. Right, I was trying I, not to say it. Right, that's I appreciate that. But, but here's the thing. You got to, I understand people have, you know, some audiences turn people too. I get that, but the thing is, you gotta to go into a match to have a, a physical story in a match. You need to have, you know, a good guy and a bad guy, you know, some feel to that. Otherwise, it's tough to do a match. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, for sure. Yeah. And then I, you know, I think, uh, and I think I talked about this when we talked at the WrestleMania. I think that Seth Rollins knocking more match may be a little forgotten, but that was a really good match. <sighs> Dude, that match was uh, that match was, and I said this earlier. They started off slow, Monzo. They took their time, patient, hold for hold, old school, exchanging holds, you know. And then they just and they got into where you know Nakamura had had heel heat, getting heat on on uh, you know on Seth. I, I I loved it. I loved the match. The finish was unbelievable. The the yeah, way they went to the curb right. stop was great. That was that was tremendous. And you know, then getting into the main event, um, I, I just. I, I thought it was entertaining. I thought both guys performed. Heyman is just hes great to watch from the side. I just don't like, I don't understand what they're doing with Daniel Bryan right now because, you know, obviously he used heel t- bad guy tactics to win. Right. He starts off like a heel in the match, and then all of a sudden he's the sympathetic figure, you know, halfway through the match. Yeah. And then, you know, so, but, I mean, I enjoyed it. You know, I thought well, it was good. To your, to I, your I, point, but to your point, Mons, the announcers were even a little perplexed because. He was trying to bait him in, and, and he was trying. I could, you know, I, I know why that happened. I know why <laughs> that all went down like that, and I don't need anyone to tell me. What happened was they got to that match, that main event, and they had about 45 to 50 minutes of real estate, which they didn't need. So what they did was they were stalling. So they, they, they played the game of chicken where Brock's trying to you know, walk around the ring, walk around the ring. He's trying to get Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan's making fun of him, mocking him. We've never seen Daniel Bryan act like that. 
You know, no, I th- actually I thought it was pretty good to be honest. No, with you. no, I'm not saying it was bad, but I'm saying why it was done. It was done to eat clock. That's why. That's why that's done because that match didn't have didn't have 35, 45 minutes budgeted for it. That mat, you wouldn't do that. You know what I mean? So that's why I think that happened. I I had no problem with the way Daniel Bryan acted, but I'm just saying why I feel that went down like that. It, and then just then, as you know, Brock just shut him down. You know, but. Yeah, no, I, I like the main event too. Did you? Uh, I'm just curious your take on the first match, the women's five on five elimination match. Um, I, I thought the absolute right move was having Nia be the sole survivor. Be the sole survivor, um, right? Yeah, I, I didn't like the fact that I, uh, one thing I didn't like. I didn't like you, you didn't get a chance to see her and Oscar go at it at all. I thought that was well. You're a, right. A, you're right. I would have liked to have seen. I mean, they, what they've kind of they kind of buried Oscar a little bit since yep. WrestleMania, but they did. Um, you know, I thought I thought the match was good. You know, I think Carmella right now is 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 really a, a premier entertainer. She's tremendous. You know, she's take, she's taking her game to the next level. She's tremendous. Um, yes. Yeah. But no, I thought I thought it was for considering it was a show I went into thinking, all right, it's going to be fun to watch, but maybe nothing's really going to happen. There's a lot of questions coming out of both shows. Yeah, no, there is. I mean, especially now, like with SmackDown getting. Their butt kicked. Yeah, I mean, swept. It's swept. Yeah. Thing on yeah. Tuesday. yeah, well, that's the thing. We were just, uh, Pete the Body just read a, a tweet from Shane, basically, man, a paraphrase of basically Shane said Monzo was that, well, you know, in character, obviously. He's like, there's got to be some changes made in Tuesday. That's what he said, right? Pete, something like that. Tuesday will make the changes. Or something like yeah, that. Uh, right. In, yeah. So in character, he was sweating profusely as well. <laughs> yeah, he sweats a lot. He does sweat a lot. Well, Mons, I mean, listen, I my, that, I, well, well, bro, make, make your last thought, please. You're aggravating me already. Make your last thought. What all is right, it? Jeez. Yeah, come on. Hey, oh, sorry. I don't handle, talk. listen, I don't handle guests like Mark Belusis does or Mike Francesa. I handle guests the way I handle guests. Yeah, okay. they're, they're, uh, all right. All right. So I'll just call him as Brian from New Jersey in the next five minutes. <laughs> That's Brian from we'll New Jersey. Hello. <laughs> what else is going on, bro? You good otherwise? I, I am good. I, uh, I, I, I wanted to, to you know, I stayed up extra late just to talk to you. Like, working again in six hours, or are you giving you a breather? No, I'm, I'm actually, I got I got a little breather this time. Usually I turn around and I go right I know. on the air. I'm not, not this time. I have, I'm no. I'm sure not hosting the overnight at the fan, then doing the morning show. <laughs> no, no, I have a little, I have I have uh, some days in the can, as we call it, as you know. Right, so I think your partner is taking a late night shift to 7-Eleven right now. So. <laughs> He's probably doing a show with Brad Van Pelt, the moose, right now. <laughs> Over at the Wawa, New Jersey. Uh, so. Yeah, unbelievable. Well, Tash, thanks for having me, bro. Now, Monzo, it's always great to have you. And give Monzo a follow at B Monzo, M O N Z O Radio. <laughs> Monz, listen, promote your podcast, buddy. Uh, well, we, we haven't done it in a long time. But All right, don't Mac. promote it. No problem, right. buddy. We'll have you I'll on again. We'll have you on again. I'll make sure Moose breaks my arm to get you on next time. All right? Well, I don't see that happening, but, you know, I wish him the best of luck. And thanks for not plugging the show on Friday with Mike. That was high road. Appreciate uh, it. You know what? I'll keep doing about everything I can. You learn hey, from I, your buddy. I, I, learn I, from I, your buddy. I, you learn from your buddy Evan. That a boy. All right, hey, good. I put I put you and Moose over with Mike two weeks ago. So did you really? Two weeks yeah. ago. What happened yeah, Friday? I don't care now. about two weeks ago. What happened? You done for me lately? Wow. Good point. Sorry. <laughs> Mons, I appreciate you coming on, brother. See you, bro. See you, babe. You a man. That's Monzo right there, Brian Monzo. He's the man. Good dude. Um, yeah, I love getting his perspective and stuff. He's a real guy, as real, real can get. Uh, let's talk to uh, Dan in New York. Uh, Dan, uh, you're on with Taz here, special listener to Taz. What's going on, Danny? Hey, Taz. Just want to say I'm a big fan of yours. Uh, I've been watching since I was a kid, and uh, when you were SmackDown announcer, you were amazing. So Thank I just you, man. Want to appreciate, say that. appreciate Appreciate it. Thank you. 
Um, I, I personally think the Ronda and Charlotte match should have been the main event. I thought uh, Charlotte losing her mind was brilliant. Um, I think Charlotte will win the Women's Royal Rumble, and that will um, happen, and then the main event will happen at WrestleMania with Ronda and Charlotte. But I heard you saying the, you, they should not do the four-horsewomen match yet. I personally think they should. But at SummerSlam, I think that can be a marquee match, maybe even main event SummerSlam. Just want to hear your thoughts on it. And I'm, I'm also going to WrestleMania, so I can't wait to see the first ever, hopefully first ever women's main event at WrestleMania. Thanks, well, Taz, again. You, you got it, Danny. I appreciate it, buddy. And enjoy WrestleMania, my friend. Um, here's the thing, like with that, what we were talking earlier, too, about the potential of Charlotte, Ronda, and Becky three-way dance at, uh, you know, at WrestleMania. Um Look, man, that the more I was thinking about it, you know, the more that's probably what, what they could and should do because of one main reason from a log, log, logistics, physical perspective, it helps Ronda Rousey. When you have not one but two pros, pros pros, who have storyline, you know, uh, issues for a long time where they were best friends and then they hate each other, meaning Charlotte and Becky, and you throw Ronda in that mix, it helps Ronda. You protect her and her shortcomings as a pro wrestler right now. Because she does. She does. Ronda, she's still learning. That's the, I'm a fan of hers. But she is still learning. So I do think that's a good thing. Um, if you do, for, for, in the reason of doing the three-way dance. Um, you know, I, I didn't get a chance to really get in-depth about Brock and Daniel Bryan. I wanted to do that right now. And then I'll get back to the calls. So by the way, if you want to call the show, 855-212-4227. 855-212-4227. Attention hotline fans. Talking Survivor Series right here. You know, uh, I was talking to Monzo earlier about, about Daniel Bryan. I do think that they were trying to stall a little bit because they were a little bit, the, the main event started earlier than they wanted to start it. And I do think they were dragging their feet a little bit. Not negatively. They were just, they were trying to, that's why Brock came out, like his music played and it got to the point where like, is he even coming out? Like it was like, took a while. You notice that Pete? Like, yeah, yeah, they were, they were stalling. They, I feel like they uh, budgeted the show for a certain amount of time, and it just yeah. uh, and it went under. That's exactly what happens. And a lot of time, most of the times when they budget, it's over, and they take time for matches. I've lived that as a wrestler. <laughs> when they'll take you, you go into a match. It's like you got a seven minute segment, and then like by the time you get in the ring, the ref tells you, "All right, we just lost a minute." You know, it's not because of something you did. It's something that when they were doing the budgeting and the first segment maybe was The Rock cutting a promo and he's supposed to, he has a promo budgeted for nine minutes and then Rocky decides to do a promo that's 11 minutes or 13 minutes or 14 minutes. Every time, every minute that's added, you take off of someone else's segment. That's how it works. That's how budget time works in wrestling in all companies, not just WWE. So anyway, um, so I think that that was part of it. That's why you saw how Daniel Bryan was you know, bait, trying to bait in Brock, and Brock wasn't running after him. He was just walking around the ring and walking around. Him and Paul did, before they even got in the ring, uh, they, they, they did probably two or three laps around the ring. That might have been the most that Heyman's walked in ages. In a long time, at least 10 years, I would think. Paul, yeah. Jeez, if he's listening, he's, God, he's so <laughs> mad. Um, uh, he'll be so angry, but I don't care. Yeah. He, Hello. <laughs> but anyway, um, uh, the one thing about this match, though, that first punch by Brock <laughs> to Daniel Bryan's face was nasty. And then that first German and the way Daniel Bryan sold it, good gosh. 
man, that was nasty, especially with the history of Daniel Bryan's neck. And you're like, oh, my God, is this kid okay? You know, uh, that German was unbelievable. And then multiple belly-to-belly suplexes, multiple. Uh, and then uh, and then when Brock Lesnar pulled Daniel Bryan up after that F5, I'm like, oh, man, Daniel Bryan's going to win this match. Then they had me hooked because it's the finish that I said on my podcast on Friday. Ref bump, uh, low blow by Daniel Bryan, just like how he beat AJ Styles. False finish city after the running knee. One, two, two and a half kick out by Lesnar. I was like, wow, they got me. I thought that was it. Great false finish. I loved it. I loved it. Seriously, I loved it. Um, yeah, so the, the main event was good. And, and again, Daniel Bryan deserves an Academy Award for the beating he took and the sell job. He did. Uh, nobody took a beating like Rousey, Ronda Rousey did, but uh, Daniel Bryan took a lot of nasty suplexes. And, um, and by the way, real quick, before I go to break, that Brock Lesnar-Daniel Bryan match, that main event, really good spot where Brock crumbled trying to go for an F5 into a Daniel Bryan yes lock false finish. That was great stuff, too. Really good. All right, going to come back from break, uh, get more into Survivor Series, go back to the phone calls, and talk about a really awkward moment where someone actually did number one while they were on a live pay-per-view with a camera on them. That's gross. Taz Show, be right back. Edition of Taz Show going to be up for one more hour until 2 a.m. Eastern. I am Taz. We're talking Survivor Series, uh, no doubt. We're coming to you live from the Quicken Loan Studios, National Mortgage Lending. Quicken Loans apply simply, understand fully, and mortgage confidently. And uh, by the way, before I get talking more about this Ronda Rousey Flair match and, and go to the phones and get into talking um, about the men's five-on-five elimination match, and also what I teased earlier about someone doing something disgusting. Disgusting. Number one. They did this on the pay-per-view. Um, Number one. <laughs> I'm going to get to that in a second. I, um, I want to let you know, if you want to download my podcast, you can, I'm going to tell you where to do that. Apple Podcast or uh, at Radio.com, wherever you get your podcast. It's the Taz Show. It drops uh, three a week. I dropped three a week, I should say, and I'm well over 600 episodes if you're new to my content. So I've been doing this for several years now. And um, uh, this particular episode, this this reaction show, this post show, will drop tomorrow morning uh, around, uh, we're hoping, 5 a.m. Eastern, correct, uh, Pete? Yes. About that time, yes. Yeah, got it. Thanks, Haas. Uh Yeah, so uh, this show will drop as a podcast. And the good news is the update guy, Peter Schwartz, will not be in that podcast. All right. <laughs> uh, let's go down to South Kakalaki, South Carolina. Talk to Adam. Adam, you're on with Taz on the with the special edition of the Taz Show. What's going up, buddy? Hey, Taz. First off, I just want to say I appreciate you having me on. It's uh, it's an honor to be able to talk to you as a lifelong wrestling fan. Um, appreciate. I always that. thought if I called in, it would be on the Taz and Moose Show, but here I am getting to talk to you about wrestling. Ah, <laughs> there you go, buddy. <laughs> um, anyway, just want to say I thought the uh, I thought the Rousey Flair match stole the show. Um, I think Rousey continues to impress with each 
match that she has, which is, I think, awesome because coming into it, I don't I think it was a little bit of an X factor. I don't know what people thought. Um, I love that she's she's winning this thing head first, wide open, right. um, and embraced it. And I think it's it's paying dividends. Um, I'm just curious as to, you know, and how how do you feel about her progressions? Because I think she's not only is she is she doing awesome, but I think that she's doing it in a safe manner. Like I, I feel like she's a really safe worker too, and I think yeah. that says a lot about her. Well, well, you just hit the nail on the head, my friend Adam, because she is working safe for someone who has as green as she is. Um, you you know I don't know if you can tell. I mean I can tell that she's green, but she. Oh yeah, she definitely. She is light years ahead of most people with the amount of time that she has in the business. What? Yeah. I mean, how long is she? About a year, or maybe a yeah. year, right? So, yeah. so the thing is, dude. Like this is this is the reasons why. Okay, she's had she's still around great people, great trainers, the best you're gonna find, and people that are constantly. She's getting instant feedback at them as soon as she gets through that curtain. They are on her. And I don't mean negatively. And they're telling her. Yeah. Then the next day, dude, know what they're doing with her? They're sitting down and they're watching her match. That's what people don't know. Yeah. They're sitting there and they're watching her match. They say, hey, look, this is what you did wrong here. This is what you did. Then what they're doing, if they do that, they leave that backstage area, then they go in the ring. And they show her what she did wrong and what she should be doing right. I'll tell you, Adam, what also she does really well. And thank you for calling, my friend. What she does really, really well is her selling ability. She sells... Phenomenal, And I could tell you, as a guy in my career as a wrestler, I sucked at selling. And believe me, I wanted to be good at it. I tried. I just couldn't do it. I was just really bad at it. Um, she's really good at it. And I think that's another reason why she's a babyface. She's very good at selling. For someone who's legitimate like she is, uh, and uh, just an amazing athlete and her MMA background and all that jazz, for her to be able to give her body up to her opponent like she does and do that, so quick and and to to gravitate to the business so quick is very impressive. Do I think she should be the champion? Absolutely not. She should not be the WWE Raw Women's Champion. No, she shouldn't be. I believe you have to earn that. Okay, because I said this for you people that are new. You people that are new to my content. I do that a lot, you people. You people that are new to my content. You understand something. I believe in you You put a title, you put a championship on somebody either when they need that championship or that championship needs them. And with this Raw Women's title and the, the Raw, I'm sorry, the SmackDown Women's title, both those women's title, those titles are made, guys. They don't need a talent to make those titles. And Ronda Rousey doesn't need a title to make her. She can go a whole career without a freaking championship, and no one's ever going to doubt her credibility. See what I'm saying? So she don't need a title. She don't need a title. So you got a title on someone that you can't get it off of her. That's the problem. That's the problem. How are you going to beat her? So now you had Charlotte get disqualified and go berserk and beat the living holy high hell out of her with a Singapore cane and a chair around her throat. You can't beat this girl, Ronda Rousey. So why put the title on her? Why? That's how you book yourself for the corner. That's bad. And those are things you won't hear on the WWE Network. You won't hear people say what I just said right there. And this is the reasons why when the Hall of Fame's in Brooklyn, Pete the body, your boy, the human suplex machine, 
They'll be sitting right next to Mark Belusis doing the morning show. I won't, yeah, be, uh, I won't be in Brooklyn. I'll be right here. Be watching on WWE Network. They're not putting. They're not, if they don't put me in Brooklyn, I'm not watching. They can go fish a herring. And you know when I say that, I mean business. Uh, let's go out to California. Hey, Freddie, you're on a special edition of the Taz Show. What's going on, bud? Oi, Taz. How are you, my man? Pretty good, man. It's good to talk to you on the airwave again. Yes, sir, bro. So I had a quick question. Uh, I, so I was watching the Charlotte-Ronda match, and, you know, I, I don't need to say, like everybody else, I don't need to keep saying it. It's a great – it's just the best match of the night, no doubt. But uh, Corey Graves actually said something that I just – Man, it really just made me chuckle. He said, Ronda has never been battered like this. She has never been roughed up. And yeah. do you think this just reinforces your point of WWE's constant uh, uh, willingness to just put it put any promotion over whether it's TNA, whether it's UFC? Yeah, it, it's – wait, so you're, saying, you're asking me if it, if I feel like WWE is what now? If they're, if they're, if they're well, like, painting like her – it's their, it's their constant refusal to put up, to put up, uh, to put over any company, whether it's uh, oh yeah, or UFC. absolutely. Because Corey Graves did say that you know she's never been battered like this uh, right. before in her life, that which is ridiculous, so, right? Ridiculous. Right. Yeah. It is. And and I gotta say, you know, and I'm sure you noticed, Freddie. You can't blame Corey. He's probably being fed that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. Uh, and and by the way, Renee Young. I mean, I know that that lady's trying hard, and I think she does an okay job. I she's still learning, but I got to be honest with you, she's being fed. Almost everything she's saying, and it doesn't sound good. Okay, those things too, Freddie, are things you wouldn't hear on the WWE Network. Okay, you're not going to hear anybody <laughs> say say that. But I'm telling you, bro, she's being fed stuff, and it's like, and they're making her try to sound like she's tough. I don't need Renee Young to sound tough, okay? Because she's done no. nothing to be tough. If you want to put Beth Phoenix out there to sound tough, I'll buy in. You want to put Leader out there to sound tough, I'll buy in. Renee Young, I'm not buying in. I'm not. Yeah. Now, this, Freddie, has nothing to do with what you're calling about. But I had just <laughs> I, I had to well, go into no. it. <laughs> Sorry. Well, <laughs> just, you, you say it's, you're not going to hear this on uh, Dancing on the Table on the WWE oh, Network, but no. I still think that Mrs. Taz still needs to get that uh, orange uh, dress. wedding dress and painted in orange. And, yeah, she's going to get know, it dyed, dyed orange. <laughs> For those that don't know, and Freddie, I appreciate the call. That's a, uh, good to talk to you, buddy. That's an old-school Taz show reference right there. See, Pete, when I was um, – I'll let you know, too, Ryan. You're sitting there, you poor guy. I don't even reference you. I feel bad. I feel horrible. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, there was a lot of scuttlebutt the while. Oh, you're going to go in the Hall of Fame, Taz. You're going to go in the Hall of Fame. Oh, my God. And I'm like, yeah. And then when they would be nice to me, WWE, like right now at this moment of like this quarter of the year, they're not very nice right now. And you know this because the big show was next door on an interview, and they wouldn't allow them with me and Moose. It's not like you weren't even in the building. I know. It's like I wasn't even here. But Big Show being a gentleman swung by anyway. So, but anyway, so the, the thing about the orange dress, I used to say, like joking around, oh, my wife, she's going to get ready. She's going she's gonna to go up in the attic. She's going to get a wedding dress out of the box, buy a bunch of orange writ dye, dye it orange. I'll get the orange tux. Boom, we go right to the Hall of Fame, bro. With a top hat. Yeah, top hat. Then, <laughs> then once I had heat with them, I told her, don't worry about the writ dye. Leave it in the attic. Leave the leave the dress alone. Don't worry about it. But the next quarter, maybe bring it out. <laughs> we got to see. Sometimes they like me. Lately, not so much. Goes in waves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> lately, the wa- lately, I've been drowning. The waves have been, like, engulfing my, my breathing. Uh, so this five-on-five five, uh, men's elimination match was, um, I felt, a, a really good match. Um, it was interesting how they went towards into the finish, not to jump ahead, but 
you know, uh, Shane doing these crazy, the, the crazy dive top rope through the desk on Brian, uh, uh, Bron, Bron, I should say, was insane with the distance he took. And and uh, Ray, uh, Ray Mysterio and, and Finn Balor did several cool spots. Ray ended up pinning uh, Finn after a 619. I think he did a springboard top rope splash after that, too. And then uh, they did a pretty cool thing where, if you didn't see it, where Shane was, like, exhausted and Miz was trying to get him to do another coast-to-coast. He did one coast-to-coast. And then he does do another coast-to-coast. Uh, but Braun caught him in midair uh, with a clothesline. And it ended up coming down to an exhausted, beat, tired Shane McMahon against Braun Strowman, Lashley, and Drew McIntyre. Three massive cats. And I'm like, oh, my God, are you telling me? Because at that time, we're thinking SmackDown's got to get a victory. I'm like, they're going to have Shane win this match. Did you think that too, Pete? Uh, it was it was building toward that. I thought so, too. I mean, I know, the, I did with too. the coast-to-coast coast and all, I, I, was like, I oh thought my it God. was building, especially with the crown jewels stuff. Yeah, I, yeah, I thought yeah. that's where it was going. I know. He won the trophy. But uh, but then they ended up, Braun Strowman just destroyed him, power slammed him. Thanks for coming. Shane got eaten up by Braun. Lashley and Drew didn't even come in at that point. And Raw won again. And they were winning at that point, I think, 5-0. to zero. So, you know. It's interesting. Uh, it's uh, it, it was a really good match, and they did some really cool stuff in it. Um, you know, I I I I liked it. I I I thought it was interesting that they would just leave Shane in there. I don't think I would have done that. I would I would have had the talent in there. That's regular talent that works the road, or keep Ray in there as the overachiever that is undersized. Samoa Joe would have been great to see Samoa Joe in that end thing, but man, they got rid of Joe quick. I want to really believe they're going to do something on Tuesday with Joe, some kind of a story. I really want to believe that uh, for the life of me, but um, uh, but anyway, we're gonna we're gonna sail into break. Other side of break, we're gonna get into talking more. We'll take some calls about the five on five match, and uh, and talk more about Survivor Series. And also, I got to get to that hook, number one Jones, that dis- number one, that disgusting act we saw, disgusting. Just when we had to drop it in there. We're working it during the break. Taz, show be right back. All right, well, back here, special edition of the Taz Show. So uh, CBS Sports Radio's toll-free line, 855-212-4227, is brought to you by GEICO. Great news. There's a quick way you can save money. Switch to GEICO. Go to GEICO.com, and in 15 minutes, you can save 15% or more on car insurance. Um, Before I get to the phone calls, I wanted to just bring this up. So I talked earlier about somebody did number one. They did number one in their pants. Number one. On a pay-per-view. This was disgusting. It was gross. It, it was oh, it was a tag match. It was Cesaro and Sheamus with the Big Show, my man. Dirty. Against AOP with Drake Maverick. Okay. And by the way, AOP came out with an awesome entrance with the skull heads. It was pretty cool, actually. They, they, those guys have a great entrance. They look amazing. They're big, nasty dudes. But anyway, Drake Maverick, he kind of... Did number one, well, in his pants while the Big number Show one. Big Show goozled him, put him on the apron, and then they all laughed at him. Disgusting. They just laughed him like it was just a, like a buffoon. They, they put him on the apron like it was a little toy, and then the three heels, Show, Cesaro, Sheamus, laughed at this cat while he did number one in his trousers. Naughty. In his britches. Number one. It was disgusting. I've never seen nothing like it in my life in the wrestling industry. And I am a former ECW original. So go figure. Disgusting. Now, backstage, I might have seen some stuff where people maybe did number one in their pants 
and vomited in their tuxedo. But that's a whole nother story. Uh, let's go uh, up to Connecticut and talk to Jim. Jim, you're on a special edition of the Taz Show with me, Taz. What's going on, buddy? Hey, good morning, Taz. Truly an honor to speak to you tonight. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Appreciate uh, that, Jim. I have gone back to, to WWE since Killer Khan broke Andre the Giant's ankle. Oh, wow. Jeez. I am old school, my friend. I really <laughs> am. I love it. And I just have to ask you, I'm, what do you think about uh, you know the Raw sweeping SmackDown tonight with SmackDown going over to Fox pretty soon? I know. Well, and, I said that. I'm sorry, Jim. Continue. I thought you were done. Go no, I, I, I just had to ask. You know, SmackDown has paid a lot of money I know. to be able to you know get the superstars what they did, and and doesn't it devalue like kind of the brand as it goes along with it? And do you expect like the brand split to kind of go away when it actually comes about? Because I just can't imagine that they're really happy, you know, kind of going along with what's going on with uh, what they saw tonight. Right. And you know, yeah, I, I love the Rollins Nakamura match. Match because right, right. you really expected two superior wrestlers to to go at it, and right. they did. They did. But in the end, you kind of didn't. You always know that Rollins was going to win that one. Yeah, I said it on my. I did a prediction podcast on my on the Taz show on Friday, bro. And Jim, I said just that. I said you know Rollins is going to win the match. Um yeah. And 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 to your point about what you mentioned to Fox and Jim, I appreciate the call. You know, I, I said that earlier in this this special edition of the Taz show. I said that earlier. I don't know what segment it was. But I mentioned that, you know, it doesn't look good that you get swept in the Survivor Series pay-per-view, SmackDown, 6-0. to zero. And that looks really bad if you're Fox, who's spending about $7.9.25 billion, $0.89 billion, $0.6 billion. Here comes the money. I might be off on the money a little bit, but you get my point. They're spending a lot of money. And, and then they're watching, and they're like, oh, wait. SmackDown did the job. Oh, again? Oh, again? Oh, oh my God. So what are we getting? Like, uh, just uh, we're subservient to Raw? Yeah. It's been like that since I was on SmackDown. You are subservient to Raw. That's the way it goes. Now, we did mention that Shane McMahon put on a Twitter that something's going to change, something's going to go down, and it's going to happen Tuesday. So we'll see what that means. Um, at the end of the day, uh, I, Jim, to speak on to you, I don't, think it's, I don't think it hurts the pay-per-view because, like I said, for me, I look at the pay-per-view as the physicality in the matches – the physical story, the talent, the wrestlers tell. To me, that's what makes great wrestling. That's what makes a great card. But for their storyline, it's kind of stupid as heck that you that you just... That's why I thought Daniel Bryan was going to end up winning the match when he wrestled Brock. I'm like, all right, they're going to give you the big payoff. The big SmackDown victory is going to be, well, the universal champ, the, 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 the man himself, Brock, loses the DB. That didn't happen. Uh, let's go uh, out to the Bronx and talk to Mike. Mike, what's up? You're on with Taz. Hey, what's going on, Taz? I'm a uh, big fan, big fan of yours. Beat me if you can, survive if I let you. My man, thank uh, you, buddy. Okay, there yep. we go. So <laughs> I just want to make a couple of uh, points about tonight's Survivor Series. So, you know, you, you were mentioning, um, well, a caller, you know, called up, and they, they were talking about, uh, you know, Charlotte and everything like that. And, you know, I was really thinking about tonight, and a, a way that they could have actually got the title off Ronda would have been after she stomped on her, you know, throat with the chair. Right. Then, then I thought about this, and you know, definitely Stephanie McMahon could have played into that uh, tomorrow night, maybe vacating the title, you know, something like that. But then I really was like, wow, you know, Charlotte, Charlotte looked amazing coming out of this, and I was really intrigued with what they were going to do. But then they kept the camera on Ronda walking up the stage. Yeah, and I just want to get to two more quick points. Yeah, sure. And it's Ronda. Thank you. And as Ronda was walking up the stage, I guess a troll of a fan uh, was, you know, chanting, you deserve it, you know, whatever. Right. right. And, um, you know, 
So she actually looked at him and, you know, she said, you are not a man. And, you know, and then she continued, <laughs> yeah, she continued to walk up the stage. And then something happened. And I don't know if they planned for her to do this or this was just a reactionary thing on her part. She turned back and they showed the camera on Rhonda. And I thought the most amazing story tonight was coming out of this, how the WWE universe turned on Rhonda. But yep. then yep. but but then she looked at them. In disdain. In disdain. If, she was disgusted by them. Well well, it's yeah, almost as if she said, You know what? Okay, this is how you guys play around right. here. Right. Okay, I'm right. gonna come back better, stronger than ever. And one other point I really, really need to make on the main event. No problem. It's the Mike in the Bronx segment. Yeah, continue. Go ahead. I appreciate that. So (laughs) basically with uh, Daniel Bryan and Brock Lesnar, I originally thought we were going to get a pretty boring Brock Lesnar tight match with the suplexes, destroy the opponent, and it's over. However, I thought there was, you know, as the match picked up and as Bryan got some offense and the crowd got behind him, even though he is portraying a heel, uh, and he did use a heel tactic to kind of have a turning point in the match when the, the ref was knocked, you know, from right. the uh, F5 with his, with his boots. Right. Uh, be that as a man, I just want to finish my point. As Daniel was wrestling this match, I realized something. I, I thought back to when Heyman used to manage Punk, and he also managed Brock, who at the time was, you know, doing the same thing. Right, he was, right, 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 right. Mike, thanks for the call. Sorry, it just, uh, you know, we, 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 got, we got a lot of people calling, brother. Hello. You know, just you know, you can't. I mean, you're going into the, the history of the industry. I mean, you're, going, you're going back to like he's going back. I mean, you know, I, I just we can't. You know, I got the call screen is furious. I was waiting for a gorgeous George story. I, <laughs> <laughs> I got I got Peter Schwartz with his latest post update in a second here, and I got to make sure I do my transition right, or he gives me a hard time. <laughs> I, I I got Ryan looking at me, the producer of the show, furious because Mike and the Bronx. Wants to talk about my first match as Kid Crush. Hardest. I mean, Joe. I mean, that's like, Mike, dude, what do you want me to tell you? I, 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 you, you had so many points. I forgot the first question because it seems like it was weeks ago. It was, I don't know what he was talking I think he was talking about football when he started. No, he's put me over. He had my catchphrase. He said it in passing. Yeah, beat me if you can survive. I love you. Thanks. <laughs> All right, Tim. So we're doing a special edition of the Taz Show right here. So if you want to, I am Taz, by the way. If you want to call the show, 855-212-4227. And if you want to check out the podcast of the show or all my other podcasts that I drop three days a week, do it at Apple Podcasts or do it at Radio.com. It's free, three days a week, a lot of content. The Taz Show. <clears throat> if you're new to uh, what I do, I um, no nonsense Jones. I cover the wrestling business uh, full throttle, done it all, and I've been the best at everything I do. <laughs> that's how I am. Humble city. That's me. That's how this is done here. I'm very humble. Uh, let's go. Uh, let's go out to truck driver. That is a city. Let's go to Elmer, who is a truck driver. How about that? Uh, you're on a special edition of Taz show, my friend. I am Taz. You are Elmer. What's going on? Well, Taz, it's a pleasure to get to speak to you. I've seen some of your work on the great television. Appreciate and it. Some of it's been pretty impressive. Thank you, my friend. Appreciate that. Where are you driving but- to right now? Where Where are you at, my man? I'm down by Pittsburgh right now. All right, now. nice, nice, beautiful. What's going I, on, man? Talk to me. Hi, I've been a diehard fan 42-plus years. I've been watching this yeah. business, wishing I was 
been born a little bit larger so I could be involved, but I'm just a little <laughs> small guy. What do I know? I got you. However, my all-time favorite, bar none, the man himself is what got me started, the nature boy. Oh, the now, best. I've had, had a lot of great times watching him. Now, let's fast forward, and lo and behold, who do we have in the business today? His daughter. Right. You know, when she first came out, I was a little bit skipping, like, ah, oh, this, like, oh, my God. But, but I tell you what, Charlotte is one of the most, that woman, I can't say enough about her. She impresses me beyond anybody in the business right now, mm. man or woman. She's just insane. <laughs> she works hard, man. She works hard, Elma. She works real hard, and. You know, I she knows. It. You know, Liz, man, she knows, Elma. She knows. Appreciate the call, my friend. She knows that she's got, uh, you know, very tough name to live up to in her dad's name. You know, she knows that flair name and the credibility it holds in the industry, in the wrestling industry, and that's tough for her. And she knows that. She's also a legitimate athlete. I think she was a two-sport athlete, I believe. When I had Rick on the Taz show once, he was telling me. I know, I know she went to Appalachian State. I know that much. App State, as we call it in the sports radio business. And uh, I want to say she was volleyball, city, and uh, probably gymnastics, I would think. I think that's what, what Rick was telling me. But anyway, she, she's a great athlete, and she definitely uh, is got a lot of pride for the industry. And she knows that every time she goes out and works in a, in a ring, that people are going to judge her against her dad. And that in itself is a lot of pressure to be compared to the nature bar Ric Flair, who's arguably the best of all time, let's be honest. So... You know, it's um, it's definitely uh, uh, she. You, you need to tip your cap to Charlotte Flair. She works works her rear end off, and, and tonight she went to another level of intensity, and and violence, and, and and showed a different side of herself. And you know, I saw it like during that match. At one point, it was a, called a double down, where both the opponent, both the heel and the babyface, are down after a pin cover, one two kick out. They're both down, double down. A little inside Jones for you. And what happens is. Uh, you know, you could see that Charlotte Flair was, she kind of was cracking. Like she was getting upset. Like she was crying. I'm like, you know, I understand the emotions of the match and what they're trying to sell. But I, I thought she was going too far with him. Like, why is she doing this? And then once she snapped later, she was setting the table. She was planting the seed. That was so smart. Whoever booked that match and gave her that suggestion, maybe it was Charlotte, I don't know. Whoever's idea it was for her to plant that a little emotional seed during that double down, and then <clears throat> go into the snappage uh, with the uh, with the with the kendo stick was very very smart. Uh, let's go down to the great state of Texas and talk to Jeff. Jeff, you're on with Taz, uh, special edition of the Taz Show here. What's going on, buddy? Not much, man. Big fan of the show. Love your work. Thank you, buddy. Um, yeah, uh, two things, right quick. Uh, is it just me, or has the uh, Survivor Series show just uh, lost its big show feel. Um, mm. I'm talking like back in 2014, you mm. know, the uh, five on five right. um, matches. I mean, Jeff, 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 it's, uh, Jeff, it's an interesting point you're making. You know, I, I got to be honest, I didn't never thought of it like that. It's actually a very interesting point you're making. Okay, continue. Yeah, yeah. Um, so back uh, back in 2014 is where I can think back to where. Uh, Dolph Ziggler, you know, was uh, the last man, you know, standing. Yeah. Um, Soul survivor. The authority, yeah. The authority lost their rule over Raw, and it was just a big deal. Yeah. Just a lot of hype. Now yeah. these five-on-five five, uh, 
matches. It just seemed to be a big joke. Uh, I don't know if that's just me or if you think the same way. And well, I, I, what I'll tell you, what, I'll tell you what can make me lean towards thinking like you're thinking, Jeff. And 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 and, and I appreciate your call, my friend. Um, <clears throat> thanks for the kind words. It's in the men's match when you're seeing. <clears throat> Where, like I said, someone as talented as a Samoa Joe gets eliminated within freaking 10, 15 seconds. And where, you know, you do a couple of spots with Rey Mysterio, but it's not enough. Uh, it's just for Ray. I mean, to be honest with you, the star of the, of the deal was Shane McMahon. You know, and it shouldn't be. I mean, and I'm not, I'm not blaming Shane. I'm just saying whoever booked it, that it shouldn't be. It's the focus should be on, on the talent that, that humps the road on a regular basis. I felt like there wasn't – maybe, I, I don't know, there was a lot of wrestling tonight. I felt like there wasn't enough Drew McIntyre. There wasn't enough. There wasn't enough Bobby Lashley. Um, it was a lot of Braun Strowman. He eliminated, I think, four or five guys with that power slam, you know, um, which I have no problem with Braun doing that. That's his gimmick. I understand that. I do. I, I really I have no problem with that. You know, and if you look at the um, – <clears throat> excuse me, the ladies, uh, the women's 5-on-5 uh, five five elimination match, you know, you, you, Nia obviously was pushed because she was – you know, the, the last lady standing, the sole survivor, Oscar had a little bit of a push, but like I said at the top of my show here, the special, you know, they got into this thing where, where, you know, where Naya pushed Sasha off the rope. She turned on her, screwed over her own teammate, which is fine. And that caused Sasha to lose. That protects Sasha. Oscar beats Sasha. Now I'm expecting, let me see some stuff with Oscar and Nia Jax. Let's see Oscar get turned up like you used to do with her when she was undefeated, like you used to do with her in NXT. They didn't do that. There was no false finishes, no hope spots, no nothing. It was a bunch of leg drops by Nia Jax and a Samoa drop, Samoan drop, boom, 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 one, two, three, thanks for coming, match is over. I mean, so to your point you're making, dude, you know, it's like like Carmella. Like how much, Carmella's become an excellent talent. Uh, Naomi, the captain, she got eliminated so quick. She's the captain. Why is she the captain? Right? Why is she the captain? No reason for it. No. <clears throat> you know, so I think they're overthinking these eliminations, and it should last longer. People should stay in the ring longer, stay on the apron longer, stay in the match longer. And I think back in the day with these Survivor Series, that's how it was done because they did seem like they were, not that they were bigger matches, but they felt more important, and yet... We have brand supremacy stuff here. So you would think that, you know, you got you got a lot to sink your teeth in from a creative standpoint. And yet they don't feel as important to the caller's point because you don't have <laughs> you don't have people you have you're getting people eliminated too quick. You're getting it's almost like you're getting dead wood out of the way so you can get into your angles in in the particular match. And that's bad. If you make me, the viewer, feel like a talent is dead wood and you want that person, he or she, out of the way quick, that's bad booking. Real bad. And that's how it felt with several people. And, and I, like, I, I can't really tell you anything substantial that Mandy Rose did in the women's 5-on-5 elimination match except that she bumped Nia Jax way too early and she bumped it. She, no one should be bumping Nia Jax to keep the heat on her. And, and I, maybe that was an accident. And that was, I can't think of anything else that she did. Sonya Deville and Bailey, didn't they get counted out? 
Right? Yeah, you know, I you know what something about Survivor Series, and I was thinking about it the, overall. The, what that caller was saying, Survivor Series is starting to feel like an All Star game. <sighs> it's starting to feel like it's American League and National League, and there's really no substance to it. And it's been like that for the last few years. I I think the Sting Survivor Series was the last time you had any juice mm, around any right. any storylines. And and for me, I'll go back to two thousand two Elimination Chamber. That was the last time I really felt something from Survivor Series. It's just how it is. It's it's an all star game. Yeah. It's a, a wrestling version of an all star game. Yeah, and, and you're right. But they're not giving the quote unquote all stars enough spots each. You can't have people get get eliminated like you know. Like you would see in a Royal Rumble. It happens in a Royal Rumble. It's different. There's a lot of people in the match, and you got to get down to the nitty-gritty. It, it, so it feels like dead wood. I've been part of being dead wood. I know what that's like. And you almost volunteer to be dead wood. Because you know what? If I'm not going to win the Royal Rumble, then eliminate me right away. Because I'm getting paid either way. So I don't need to overstay my welcome. Get my rear end out of there. Unless I'm winning. Otherwise, let me go first. I don't get paid by the hour. Get me out. Thanks for coming. Boom. A match, by the way, that we gave no love here and probably a lot of people aren't even thinking about is that Cruiserweight Championship match with uh, Buddy Murphy and Mustafa Ali. This is an excellent match, guys. So if you didn't see this show, watch this match. Insane spots in this match. Several really, really good false finishes. The Spanish fly off the announce desk by Murphy was, uh, no, by Mustafa, I should say. It was Mustafa. Onto Murphy was unbelievable. Unbelievable. Murphy retained. He was up. He won. But with Murphy's Law. But um, this match was excellent. And by the way, I tweeted about this. This Buddy Murphy, very talented, ultra-talented guy. And it's 205, right? 205 pounds. You can't be over 205 pounds. Let me tell you something. This cat, he's a big 205. There's something up with those scales. So I need to be at the weigh-in because this guy's not 205. <laughs> you know what I mean, bro? It, it, it's like the uh, King Kong Bundy nine seconds in yeah. WrestleMania 1 end up being 24. He it's might the be same theory. 207 pounds. He's, <laughs> you got guys on the main roster that aren't cruiserweights that he's bigger than. It's weird. He looks great. I'm not, I'm not knocking the guy. I think the guy looks great, and his match was excellent. It really was. If I had to pick a match that I, uh, that I loved – like that I thought was the best match. <laughs> I know a lot of you guys called and talked about Charlotte Ronda. Uh, that wasn't my favorite. I loved it, but my favorite was probably the main event. The main event with Brock and Daniel Bryan was very interesting. I know they were stalling a little bit in the beginning, like I said, uh, killing some time before the introductions. Um, that first German suplex, and you felt that sense of urgency and fear for Daniel Bryan because of his neck and head issues and stuff. And I even talked about it on the Taz show on Friday. That you're going to worry about him. And sure enough, they gave you Germans. But they didn't give you a zillion Germans. They, they segued multiple belly-to-belly suplexes in there, which is nowhere near the stress on your spinal cord that a German suplex is. <clears throat> um, they did that really cool spot I mentioned earlier where, where Brock pulled up Daniel Bryan after the F5. After Daniel Bryan had this great comeback, which you didn't think was going to happen. And he pulled up off the F5. He pulled him off the mat like old school. One, two, boom, pull the guy up. Now I want to punish him all. That type thing. Once that happened, used to be back in the day, that was a red light. When that would happen, oh, that guy's going to lose now because he pulled the guy up. 
Um, and then they did. They went into a few seconds after the ref bump off of the F5 where Mike Kyoto, who's the man, an awesome ref, one of my favorite guys ever to ref a match that I've been in, um, and a great false finish off the low, bro, low blow by Daniel Bryan onto Brock while the ref wasn't looking, and then the running knee exactly the way it went down when, it, when he beat AJ Styles on SmackDown for the title just a few days ago. And I talked about this on the Taz show on, on Friday. I said this they could have him win, and if they, they should do it this way. And I'm like, ah, oh, here we go. Here comes the, 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 the low blow, the yambag shot. Here comes the knee, and I'm going to start the live Taz show on CBS Sports Radio, Sirius XM 206, FAN, all the affiliates, putting myself over. I told you Daniel Bryan would win, and I told you he'd win with the low blow, and I told you he'd win with the knee just like he beat AJ, but that didn't happen. So I couldn't start the show that way because it didn't go down, but it was close. I was like, damn, just missed. Regardless, they uh, they went into a really, really cool spot where, where Brock, towards the end of this thing, where he crumbled for an F5 because his legs were shot, and uh, and then he... Daniel Bryan smoothly went right into the, the the yes lock. It was great, but Brock ended up winning with the F five, and um, I was I was a little surprised. I was a little taken aback because I thought that you might see because of all the losses for Raw throughout this whole show that you might see the big win for SmackDown with Daniel Bryan topples the monster, the giant, the beast of Brock Lesnar, but didn't happen. Didn't happen. And by the way, uh, one more thing I want to say about this match, this main event. And the way Brock Lesnar's matches have been going as of late, very interesting matches. The, the pacing of the matches, the timing of the things that happen, they are so different than the way other matches are structured or the way that the typical, prototypical way professional wrestling matches are structured. Lately, the past, I mean, even when he was doing a lot of stuff at Roman Reigns, I got to tell you, I really love the innovativeness. I don't know who's coming up with the the way to lay out these matches. If it's Lesnar, if it's Paul, if it's on Anderson backstage, or you know, I, I don't I don't know who it is, or Vince or Triple H. The way that the matches are laid out are very very different than you normally see. So I thought that was cool. And look, I want to thank everybody, okay, that called the show because we're done now. Okay, thank you everybody who called the show. And thank you, everybody, who interacted on the, on the social media. And thank you, Ryan. Thank you, Pete the Body. Thanks, uh, you know, everybody. Who, you know, I love doing these specials. Thanks, to everybody, at CBS Sports Radio and here at uh, WFAN, Mr. Chernoff, all that stuff. And uh, also, make sure you listen to Taz and the Moose at 6 a.m. Eastern. And uh, it'll be Moose and A.B. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, that'll be coming up at 6. So, All right, guys, look, I'm out. I'm Taz. You're not. Thanks for joining in. Make sure you check out my podcast, The Taz Show, on uh, Radio.com and Apple Podcasts. Thanks, everybody. Goodbye. It's the year-end sale at Mattress Firm. Come in and save up to $400 on America's best-selling brands, like a Beautyrest Queen mattress, now just $499. You can also take home a free adjustable base with qualifying mattress purchase. Visit mattressfirm.com or a store near you to find your perfect bed today. These deals won't last, so hurry in. Your budget stretches further at Mattress Firm. 
Offer valid with qualifying purchase. Offer available while supplies last. Restrictions apply. Valid at participating locations only. For offer details, visit mattressfirm.com slash sale.